0: Hello. This is Anonymous, and you are listening to Happy Jack's RPG podcast. Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. Celebrity voice impersonated.
1: And I storked it. I fucked up the die roll. I storked it. My luck's a black hole, so I storked it. And I know I'm an asshole, cause I storked it. And I storked it. it. You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. And I know I'm an asshole because I storked it. Thank you for joining us for Season 12, Episode 15 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu.
2: This is Gina. This is
1: Stork. And this is Jake. And uh, Gateway 2014 is
0: next weekend, is that right?
3: Yes. Next week, yeah, yeah, yeah
0: I know it's right around the corner yeah, hey yeah. hey I think I might actually be able to make it oh good there, there were there were I, really? yeah, well because my job is so fucked and long story short uh, I had to work that weekend uh, at Labor Day weekend right uh. people make plans Labor Day weekend but my job apparently said no 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 you gotta go in on Saturday so but uh, I think it may have worked itself out uh, you're gonna labor on Labor Day I would, uh, nobody's happy nobody was happy about it <laughs> But yeah.
2: It's not right.
0: It's
1: not right? Oh, here's Stork.
2: <laughs> How's that for <laughs> a job? <chopper? laughs> love me some Charles Nelson Reilly. That's from yeah, it Lidsville. It really was. It's the very
1: end of Lid-
0: the yep. Lidsville opener, yeah. What? That's right. Yep. All right. Cool. See, we're so old. We, we dropped Charles Nelson Reilly references, yeah. and people are like, who? They're all
2: <laughs> TV Land is I good for that. little Charles Nelson Reilly.
1: Uh, I'm going to get right to the topic because we've got a lot a lot huh. and i uh, still doing the email thing The I, the, I think I'm today I'm, today or tomorrow I'm going to close the whatchamacallit what was that thing called the <laughs> survey the, the survey, survey. <laughs> I'm going to close that shit up I've got almost 400 responses holy wow. and that, buckets and that is twice the number of responses in about a third the amount of time it was open the last time I ran the survey which is probably three years ago I'm going to guess now
0: we either have more people listening or
1: more angry people yeah, we well we definitely have more people listening. There are definitely more people cool. listening
4: Because
1: we've got uh can I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm thinking I mean the, after about three weeks, each episode will have f- about four thousand downloads. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah, it would it's boomed. It's boomed big.
2: Yay.
3: Cool. We got a, a mention during uh one of the panels at Gen Con.
1: Oh really? What was that?
3: Uh, it was the guys from Misdirected Mark. Uh, they were doing a panel with um, a bunch of authors, and uh, they were talking about recommending podcasts for people to listen to. And we were actually the first one they mentioned.
1: Oh no, shit! That's right. very nice of them. That's
0: very cool. Stu, you and I have to go back and mow their lawn again. Fuck! There's two. Yeah. Well, we did something for them. We did it the last time. No, well, that was. That was for the booth. Yes. Misdirected Mark, they're way on the East
1: Coast. We know, before we only had to go to... Now, I know. I know. Now we
3: got to... Fuck. Show, show <laughs> yeah, but... You know, maybe they're in, like, you know, Philly and you can get a decent cheesesteak or something. That's true, and there's probably no riots. Possibly.
0: Maybe. It's Philly! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Topic! Topic, the first.
1: Preparing for the unprepared... I want to talk, uh, very briefly, there's a book I read by Jerry Pornell and Larry Niven called The Moat in God's Eye. You read, anyone read it? Yes. Yeah, okay. A oh, long time ago. That's awesome. Wow. The sequel, in the United States, I did a little research on this, in the United States, the sequel was called uh, The Gripping Hand. But apparently, did you know there was a sequel? I never read it, no. There was a sequel, yeah. Actually, there's a whole bunch of stories that are written in that universe or setting it's called The Co-Dominion and Jerry Pornell wrote a ton of stuff and he and Larry Niven co-wrote some stuff and a lot of other authors have written in that Uh, there was a a, I totally know one, I put it on my Kindle the science fiction mercenary series called Falkenberg's Legion uh, Prince of Mercenaries there's a whole series of books that Jerry Pornell wrote that take place in that same setting like at an earlier time that's awesome yeah Anyway, writers don't do that anymore. That's no, awesome. They don't, and I mean, and I, th- those, as I as I recall, I think. I'll make sure I got the right mic. Yeah, uh, as if I if I'm recalling correctly, they had. I just completely lost my train of thought. Uh, you were talking about the universe, the Falkenberg, and, and oh, the writers. As, as I recall, and I don't know if they would hold up today, but when I read them, you know, in my co- early college days, those. We're ripping good yarns. Yes. The the, yes. the Falkenberg books.
3: The, the Moat in w- God's Eye was a very good book. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. So anyway, there's a um in the in the uh, Gripping Hand, which was the sequel, which I guess in the UK was referred to it was called uh, The Moat in Murchison's Eye. No, I don't know why that's
0: then. not nearly as catchy a title as The Mote in
1: God's Eye. No, no, that was the the sequel was called right, that. The right. sequel here was called The Gripping Hand, which is <coughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: How's that for a top <laughs> 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 So Perfect use for that one. <laughs> I know. But um in that uh it, the basically the first book to not not to spoil it too much, it's it's a first contact novel. And there's an alien race in it, and the alien race is asymmetrical. They have three arms. They have two normal hands that have like fine manipulators then they have one big fuck off arm that comes off of one side that is like very powerful and very muscled and like the skelet- skeletons all reinforced where it attaches to the torso they're like super super strong right that one arm so but the, the shock waves that went through society from this cr- sort of created a new colloquial saying because you know we have on one hand and on the other hand right and mm-hmm. In the 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 colloquialism that got adapted by the people after the events in the first book was on the one hand, on the other hand, and the gripping hand. Which was, on the one hand, A. On the other hand, B. On the gripping hand, here's the reason that A and B don't matter at all. And that's kind of where this came from. Was when I was thinking about that strange sci-fi colloquialism is li- like I've set up sort of a scenario here that i kind of like to war game amongst us as how to prepare for this kind of a situation. You've got, let's say, you've got a you've got a situation where th- there's a MacGuffin and the player characters are trying to find it. And right near the end of the session, the player characters run a- rush up and they burst open the doors in the museum. And there, sitting on a pedestal, is the MacGuffin right at that same moment on the opposite side of the room another set of doors burst open and there's the bad guys who've also been looking for the macguffin and you both want it for different reasons right so you decide that I'm going to do a cliffhanger I'm going to end this and the end the session right here so you're prep for the next week most of us most of the time will sit down and think okay what's going to happen well either the players are going to get it or the bad guys are going to get it so on the one hand if the players get it we're going to have to they're going to have to figure out what they're gonna do with it? Are they gonna try to hide somewhere? Are they gonna try to get out of town very quickly? What are the things I'm gonna have to prep? Are they do they have they do they have a safe house? Are they gonna try to come up with a safe house? What are the modes of transportation out of town? I need to figure all that kind of stuff out. On the other hand, the bad guys might get it. Okay. In that case, well, if the bad guys go to a safe house, is it going to be a safe house that's hard to find, or is it going to be some place that's maybe obvious but hugely fortified, or are they going to try to get out of town, and how are they going to try to get out of town? In both cases, I probably need to read uh, read the uh, chase rules, if there are such thing in the game, because chances are, one or the other is going to chase the one, whoever gets the thing. <laughs> right, well, Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I'm following you. Okay. Carry on. So th- those are the two things you would need to p- prep for that. But then of course the gripping hand is uh oh what if during the course of the fight they destroy the MacGuffin? And it is no longer of use to either party.
4: Uh-huh. What
1: happens? Yeah. And that has consequences, not only for that brief moment when you thought the story was going to go to one place or another, but there's an enormous amount of preparation, maybe even enormous an enormous amount of meta plot assumptions. Consequences. That now are totally irrelevant. Yeah,
0: They're it's gone. Or worse yet, there's now more consequences because the MacGuffin's gone. Like if you destroyed the Ark of the Covenant, <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't you
1: think God's going to be pissed? What? It, 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 something May. better happen. <laughs> yeah. and that's one of the, that's one of the things when the when the you know we've always talked about you know you have option A or B and the players will choose M or whatever it is. True. Now that. In, in reality, I think most of us realize, they probably do choose A or B. Usually A, whichever's whichever's the quickest and the killiest. But, they do occasionally throw you that wrench, which shatters everything that you had assumed about the game. And every assumption that you made about about your preparation for the game, all of the plot ideas you had. Let's say, oh well, they're gonna the bad guys. If they get it, they're gonna try to take it to some place up in the German Alps, and there's gonna be a, you know a skiing chase, and they're gonna have to sneak in like
0: James Bond, which was the one where they went to the is it Moon? I mean, there was Raker. a bunch of ski chases. But I think it, it might have been Moonraker, but
3: Her Majesty's Secret Service. Her Majesty's Secret Service Majesty Secret Secret had one Service. as well.
0: That was George Lazenby, by the way. Yeah,
1: <sighs> the un- anyway.
0: the unsung bond. The un- okay, the unbunded bond. The,
1: un-
2: bond. the <laughs> chat room hates me.
1: The, the cha- chat room well, hates the, you. The,
2: the people don't hate me, but the actual I've been kicked Chaper out on map. Safari. I've now been kicked out on Chrome. It's oh, it's right there. Okay, what's going on? Are
1: you going to happyjacks.org slash chat? Listen live. So, don't go there because there's a player in there that's probably crashing it. Uh, Happyjacks.org okay. slash chat that takes the player part out. So, anyway, what I kind of okay. wanted to talk about is what do you do? Not not specifically what would you do in this situation, but what can a GM do to sort of buttress his preparation in such a way? That all is not lost. Because in the situation I just give, gave yeah. you, p- any plans he had for that session are out the window. can are gone. You can't even recycle them. His plans for the next four or five sessions might now be gone. Yeah. Because maybe everything was going to revolve around this MacGuffin, which is now laying and in sh- in, in shattered on the floor. Right. Yeah. We will assume
0: it was glass. Right. Why make a MacGuffin out of glass? Because this could happen. Well, I mean...
3: Because you can
0: um, um, imagine in Raiders of the Lost Ark, if Indy actually did blow up the Ark when he says, "I'll blow it up," and then he actually did,
3: that would totally
0: happen in a role-playing game. It, it, it could. <laughs> it absolutely could, and it would be the end Definitely. of the movie. Right? And uh, but, but now, it can't be the end of the game. It can't.
1: How do we? How do how do we prepare for those moments when we are unprepared?
3: I'm going to go last.
1: Okay.
0: Anyone have any thoughts? I'm going to go first, in that this is when you tap dance a lot. Sure. Yeah. This is when you get up and go to the bathroom. This is when you say, uh, can we order pizza? And this is when you drop back and punt. Now, the the players are giving you a clue, basically, by, by doing whatever it is, whether they destroyed it, whether they buried it, whether they have... Uh, they've done something completely unexpected they've given you some ideas but you do need to stop the game at that point and say i need to take 15 20 minutes and recalibrate now as a gm you have all sorts of great ideas all sorts of stuff that come along It's no reason that you can't roll with what they've got but i think what's important is that you need to literally you can't keep going with it you need to stop (laughs) Otherwise, you will get completely overwhelmed. You will get steamrolled over. I I think I would agree.
1: Probably most of us probably would have to, in a situation like that where the rug literally got pulled out from underneath you, no, well, figuratively got pulled out from underneath Mm -hmm. you, we would have to take a moment, get away from the gaze of the players and sit down and figure out, okay, what are the ramifications of this thing that just happened? I think
0: a lot of GMs are afraid to stop the game in mid-flow. Maybe. Maybe. And I think that, that therein lies maybe the problem. That Can you that imagine the satisfaction of the
1: players, though?
0: Exactly. <laughs> if say, yeah. uh, but, gotta go. But that's <laughs> part of the problem with a lot of GMs is they don't want to give the players satisfaction knowing that they just won. That they well, just can. outsmarted the GM, and I think that th- that's there's a there's a there's a a fundamental problem right there between players are always trying to outwit the GM, trying to outsmart the GM, trying to trying to always throw wrenches into the GM's uh, uh, machinations, and the GM is always trying to constantly give them a good story. It's it's the same thing that you get when you're reading a mystery novel. You try to figure out what the mystery is before you actually get to the end of the book. Right. Right. And it's the same thing when you're playing a game. You try to figure out what the GM has in mind, and you want to get to the end and outsmart him. And you get uh, players get a little perverse satisfaction for it. And it and in occasionally it goes terribly wrong, and the players completely derail the game, and they don't mean to, but it happens. No. And I think that you're, you're a GM that will literally say. Um, I think we need to take a break a little bit. Um, I need to, uh, and and but I don't think a lot of GMs do that. I think that's a that's an important note. It's an important point. Mm -hmm. It's you are entirely in control of this game, and when something goes off the rails, you have absolutely every right to stop the game. Say I need a couple of moments to regroup and write a couple of notes and come up with some ideas, and you will not be disrespected. Your players aren't going to storm out; they're not going to f- table flip. I think, as a GM, you ha- and I know as a GM, you have the right and the ability, and your players will love you if you say, uh, I need twenty minutes to work this out. Mm-hmm. Talk some amongst yourself." Yeah, I think that
1: I, I think it, it that is a good tactic. I think when you are at the table. And you need to, to regroup. regroup or refocus on on what the game is. I think another thing that the GM can do, uh, that's probably a good practice to have all the time, um, is to have i you know, I'm going I'm to start using the the, um, the the writer terms that the the ladies used last week. Your a plot, your big over arching plot. What's going to happen when that plot ends? What's going to be the next A-plot? Maybe in your head, maybe not even prepped, but in your head, know, okay, well, when this storyline ends, my next storyline is going to be about da 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 Right? So, <clears throat> okay, the players have blown up your MacGuffin. Your A-plot is now gone. What was your next A-plot going to be? What was the one after that? After either the players won or the players didn't win, what was the next thing that was going to come up? Who's the next bad guy who was going to come up? What was the next crisis that was going to happen? Probably not related because you, you, right? You've the MacGuffin got tucked away somewhere, probably. Yeah. So, what and wh- what you would need to do still is you still need to sit down, and that's I guess that's more of on a strategic level is know what your next a plot is going to be, but I think you still need to b- take a moment to sit down. And say, okay, does the quick termination of my plot here affect the, what the next plot is going to be? How can I introduce that next plot in a way? And also, I think this right. is v- very important, and I think this is why you definitely should take time. The players are expecting there to be ramifications for doing right. that unexpected thing. I am not That's what producer. I'm thinking. And, yes. and that is something I think... You, The players deserve to have you take at least enough time to sit down and reason out what those repercussions are going to be, because they're going to bask in them, even if they're horrible, mm-hmm. because they yeah. did it. Like, it's like, we don't care, we're going to take the nuclear option uh-huh. and destroy it! Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And... They want to see what they, they want to see the shitstorm that you they said basking it. but it might actually be gloating but
0: it, it could be sure <laughs> and in and, and so many cases it probably is and as a GM please don't take gloating badly that no. means that your players are having a really good time and you did you They're did invested. your job yeah. you, you lost well all right let's let's use the Indiana Jones example let's see what happens if Indy at the points is all blow it up no you won't go ahead blow it up and he does Right. And he actually blows up the arc right there on the pathway into the island. Okay. That's not what you expected to have happen. That's not in the movie at all and I and or in your game. Now what happens? He's blown up the Ark of the Covenant. You had this wonderful great ending where the Nazis are gonna melt and Indy gets ignored by the Okay, now what do you do? How how, how? Well, it's gotta be a gunfight. Okay. <laughs>
1: Right, because they're going to like ah! you know the, the bad guys are going to be enraged probably
0: <laughs> in that situation. I mean, it's going to be different for everyone. Not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just trying to I'm trying to take something where the MacGuffin actually get, now goes away and how do you continue on the story? Right now, now granted, I guess it's it's maybe a uh, it's a mood point with that book uh, with that movie because it ends the MacGuffin gets closed up and nobody and it gets lost in in another warehouse for all eternity once more. But right. until the next time, there's a.
1: Someone needs to restart a franchise,
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then it will probably come back around. I would imagine. I uh, okay, yeah, you're right. That's a bad idea. Let's not let's not explore that because it, it ends. <laughs> it gets lost in annals of time. But I mean, I, I think it is important. Wait, in
2: the
3: what?
0: Yeah, that's a storkism. It's. <laughs> It's no, not like shirds, that's an actual <laughs> storkism.
3: No it's not.
0: Shirds is a real word. It is. Annals of time, isn't it? It's the annals of time, but
3: <laughs> you it's so much my reverie. Spelled like, the same.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> is it spelled the same? <laughs> uh, yes. it, well, it is It animals. is in my world. Well, a there's two there are there two ends in annals? Look you do it the way you do it. I'll do it the way I do it. I'll look it up. Yeah, you should look it up. I don't think they're spelled the same.
2: Either <laughs> <laughs> <don't know. laughs>
0: way, <laughs> <laughs> anal's and is there a plural of anal? <laughs> there is now. I just okay. It's funny you say that because I just discovered that the British say maths.
2: Yeah, they do. Right, we
0: talk about that on the forum. And, yeah, John yeah. Rice Davies says the mouse. maths. He's Welsh, man. What does he know? <laughs> a stud, yeah. Well, all right. Gonna I'm going to say, gonna say maths the way he says maths. Yeah. Because he's a stud. And cookery. Cookery. Instead
2: of cooking.
0: <laughs> and he probably says anals. He probably <laughs> says <laughs> anals.
2: Everybody's going to now. It's going to be.
0: It's the anals of time. Honey, yeah. I've got piles in my anals.
4: <laughs>
1: Ew.
0: Right. Should it be analogous or anal? Well, never. mind. <laughs> <laughs> But but make, I'm killing myself over here. Sorry. It, I,
1: I do think it is important to make sure that you do have consequences <laughs> oh, for yeah. that, that that horrible thing the players just did to your game.
2: Unleash it. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: And, 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 and because make, they want but, that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right that real, makes a question. Do you want to punish your players for so, fucking up your game? No, not
2: punishing. But if
1: if there would be a bad repercussion from yeah. it, that repercussion should happen. They Yeah. They blew up the think- Ark
0: of the Covenant. God's now
1: pissed. Yeah. Yeah, maybe there's going to be a plague. Maybe yeah. locusts are going to start descending yeah. on the,
0: the area. or I don't know. I don't okay. know either. That's, but isn't that the point? I think at that point you go, all right, you guys just blew up the fucking Ark of the Covenant because you're fucking morons. <sighs> uh, let's order some pizza. I'll be right back. Right, and you go back and go, well, what
4: the fuck what are we
0: going to do? You blew up the Ark of the Covenant. No, okay, all oh, right,
1: God. All uh, right. How, what <laughs> how, what would I do if someone blew up the Ark of the Covenant? <laughs> right. I'm, I can't punt the earth into the sun. <laughs> that's probably a little bit too much. So I don't Un- know.
2: Unleash a bunch of demons. Sure. Or something, yeah, like... Uh, Plagues. Yeah.
0: Bible's full of them. Or,
2: or angels who are... If really you don't off.
0: choose to take that breath, if you don't choose to stop and you just follow and you yes and yourself into a corner, <clears throat> I mean, that's... that's worse i think than stopping the game that's worse than even ending the game at that point like wow you guys have completely taken this we're done for tonight i think if you just go yes and i think you can get yourself in even worse
1: trouble you, maybe you just, the, the biggest thing if you're gonna do that is to make sure you keep really good notes of what you're yes anding because at some point you're gonna have to sit down later and have it all make sense
0: Otherwise it's coming back at you.
1: Right. But wait a minute, you said last week... Ah, shit. You're right. Jeb?
3: A couple of things. Premise the first. I know what's going to happen in the game precisely until the moment the characters step into it. Right. Premise the second. Embrace the unexpected. So... Indy just blew up the ark of the covenant. What is the immediate effect of that? What is the long-term effect of that? Do we care? Um I have absolutely no disagreement with the idea of saying, okay, hold the bus for a second. Give me 10 minutes and let me think and I'll come back. I don't have a problem with that in the slightest bit. I also don't have a problem when in the slightest bit with following your instinct. Go with your, your gut reaction. Um, but there is an effect of destroying that McGuffin. And that effect is <coughs> a beer exploding all over Stu. Um but <laughs> that effect Sorry. can be so whatever I'm not loving
0: YouTube and you're trying to be very serious. So okay, for those of you at home that aren't watching, <laughs> Stu just opened a beer he knocked on himself. And it's you know, all, all of meanwhile his kids are trying to come through the door oh, and my, they're making it like marching
2: and my toes.
0: <laughs> and, I'm, and it's it, and Jim's being very serious. No, okay. All right. Okay. No no worries. Worries. Sorry we completely derailed there. No all right. worries. Right they know. They know. Do you want to go the find the out what your kids were marching about? That.
1: It doesn't matter. They went they saw the Lego movie for the second time, and my wife had to watch it with them for the second time. I don't want to I haven't had to see it at all. <laughs> yeah. So when? And she keeps telling me how horrible
0: it is. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Sorry, Jim. No, no, no worries. worries. Sorry.
3: No worries, not a problem. Um so I I I'm totally fine with the idea of okay. We've gone in a direction I didn't even think about. So give me a few minutes, and I'll get back to you. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that as a plan. I'm also good with following your instinct. Um, let's say that Indy just blew up the Ark of the Covenant.
0: Keeping with the keeping exactly. with our theme. Yeah.
3: Um, my immediate reaction is how much magical energy was in the Ark of the Covenant. A lot. Well, we just blew that up and re- and explosively released all of that energy.
0: See, because you're a creative GM, right? You—that's where you go in. You went, ah, aha what There's got to be something. What would happen? What would happen?
3: And the and but and I absolutely agree with. If you're gonna if you're gonna make that choice and you're gonna run with it at that time, that's cool too. Keep notes. Keep track of what you were doing because you are going to be called to task for it later that's going to happen. Um, the The main thing I, I I recommend is embrace the unexpected because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, Gene and I were playing in a game a fantasy game and there was this MacGuffin, it's called a Starstone and <clears throat> we had the Starstone and some people wanted the Starstone and there was a showdown about it, and the idea was we're going to fight over the Star Stone. And somebody in our group decided, nope, they don't get the Star Stone, I don't care what happens, but they don't get it, I'm destroying it right now. And that oh, okay. happened.
0: It's called the Star Stone, right? It wasn't yeah. called like the Stone of Ultimate Evil, or no, no, no. the Dark Stone. It, or- it
3: had no morality of its own. No, but stars are bright and cheerful and happy. Play- what ca- what no, but it was this Murder incra- hobos. It was Mur- basically right. like an incredibly, incredibly <laughs> powerful mm-hmm. power stone. Yeah, it was like, a magical right. power stone. Yeah. This was Gerb's game.
1: And there's a chance that the bad guy's going to get it. Why yeah. risk that? Because right. you certainly don't and want that
3: And that And right. that was the thinking of the character. Um, was no matter what happens, they don't get it.
0: Right, and it's the it's the sort of the it's the not the Kobayashi Maru, but it's it, but if, if you, this
3: stone gets destroyed right now, then this bad thing can't happen. Right, okay, <clears throat> I get it. Because right. the bad guys wanted it to power this terrible machine that would do bad, big, bad, evil things. If that's that makes perfect
0: sense in a player's
3: mind, yeah, you're like it, it I, if mean. I if I
0: get rid of the catalyst, if I get rid of the battery, it, they can't destroy the world. Uh,
2: I think a lot of what, well, I was going to say, a lot of what the chat room is saying is that uh, some of these folks say they have different A stories going at the same time. So that you can, you know, if you need to pause on that and say that you don't necessarily know what the... It seems fine. It seems like you destroyed it. Everybody gets away, whatever. And you continue with second story A. Right. Um, Or just... uh, They've also been mentioning if you anybody who watches a lot of movies <laughs> reads a lot of books uh, can kind of roll with the punches and right. then just come up with ramifications for either that act or continue in that vein of the story. Uh, Cato Juliet was saying, "Oh, but that really wasn't that McGuffin wasn't McGuffin really wasn't the thing. That was a decoy." Or it was a McGuffin
1: McGuffin. Yeah, that's MacGuffin- kind of. That's kind of shitty. Cheating? I, I, I would so. do that. I would do that I once. I think it depends. Yeah. I wouldn't do it more than yeah, once in a,
3: in a game in a campaign. But I might do it once. You
1: yeah. know, the, I just it just occurred to me something that I uh, that I have done in situations like that. Um, I had the player characters go back in time and basically change history dramatically in the fourth edition D and D game. And when they came back to the modern the, their modern time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world did not remember them, and the world was entirely different. I don't remember. Do you remember that? the Demons and override- uh, that overwrite. Which your one of them stepped on a butterfly? That was the de- that was a fourth edition D and D game. I know for a fact. Right. was. because that it was it was Bruce who did all of the tweaking.
3: Which one of them stepped on the butterfly? He right. did.
1: It was Bruce. Yeah. Bruce is the one that did it.
3: Gotcha. Basically, they, um, they, they had it, but. And what I did in
1: that in that situation is like, oh, you guys just did something I did not expect you to do. You have just dramatically changed time. Okay, let's go back. Time is now dramatically changed. Here is the shit storm you're now in. Um, and, and and you know, in a situation like that, you could even okay, the Ark of the Covenant is blown up. Okay, as a, almost as a stalling tactic
0: for as a GM, because I've done this.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, listen, this is what people want to know. How, right. do you, how do you stall when you are suddenly confronted with a situation where you okay. can't recover? Right. When you all come to, <laughs> you're
1: standing in the desert. You are alone. You can see what looks like maybe what remains of the pyramid you were standing near. There is no one else around. There is no Co- ark of the covenant. There is no crater. What do you do? And now you've got a complete blank slate. Yeah. They've got a blank slate. You've got a blank. It's, slate. A, blank. it's a tabula rasa. Right. right. What are they going to try to figure <clears throat> out? Oh, this and they're going to start talking amongst each other, trying to f- see if they can piece together
0: what happened. And so you, then you can steal. Yeah. Then they're going to run your game start, for you. You start, <laughs> <laughs> you start tearing up your your notes and going tabula rasa.
3: Well, right. Um, what, one of the I, I happen to be looking at the chat as it went by as well and I don't know who said it Gina will know uh, somebody said they have like three A plots running at the same time yeah. um, the only thing I, observation I would make about that is I have try to have like all manner of plots running I don't have a specific number I don't refer to them as A plots and B plots they're just things that are going on Yeah. I guess by definition the A plot is the one the players decided to get involved in at the moment
0: I'm I'm not a big fan of labeling it because your your C plot can, can become the A plot in any there moment, and it's then a, the it's B, B plot, and, and they organic will
3: organic, they have. will
0: the rise and fall, and you need to if I if my C plot becomes an A plot, but the A the, plot now becomes secondary right. or gets the, the ended, I get confused. The, the
3: literary terms where you've got the A plot, the B plot, that's that's fine, um, but that's in a book where the author has absolute control.
1: Sure. There's also
3: television shows. <coughs> yeah, well, right. again, but you have a writer who's yep. got absolute control. Yep. And in and a game...
0: You have absolute control up until the point...
3: Where the players step into the game. <laughs> well, I mean, if you can...
0: If you're playing a
1: game, let's say you're playing a game based on Battlestar Galactica. Like, mm-hmm. like there are a different group of ships that is running away. Your A-plot <coughs> is... Run away and try to find some place to live. That's your big yeah. overarching long view. Yes. Look at it, um, and I guess that that's kind of what I'm talking about. Is that I mean there, ABC does not it is it is not a measure of importance. I don't think. Okay. okay.
3: It's a, I think it's a me-
1: I think it's a measure of expected length or expected span.
0: Num. Maybe. That might that might be a maybe a topic for another time because yeah. I I I can I, the way I, the way my long running campaigns for me have run is that small subplots or even something inconsequential have become major meta plots that have carried over through many 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 campaigns or many 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 sessions right um, and even when an overarching meta plot a plot ends there's another plot that picks up and it was a thread from something else so sure it, it's I have a hard time with the ABC thing because I always I I see it as a as a constant juggling act especially with players who are constantly oh, throwing wrenches and what was inconsequential now becomes their obsessive thing and you you throw away what you were doing right, and you right. and you pick up where they're going right I, I don't know <laughs> I mean you can use colors um, instead of letters <laughs> you,
3: you, you can I mean, if, you, if you if you feel a need to categorize them mm-hmm. categorize them however works right um in in my deadlands game there i guess if to use that nomenclature for it the a plot is that there's this group of entities who want to take over the world that's kind of what they've got going on
0: like Pinky in the brain
3: <laughs> and um so they were trucking along and things were kind of going their way well then this group of people showed up and started screwing with their stuff. And so, pretty much everything that happened after that was we got to deal with these people. And we got to do something about these people because they're upsetting our apple cart. And they keep throwing things at these people, and these people keep killing them. And. You know, but so I, I guess you could say that each of those is a subplot, but the the whole thing kind of weaves together, and um, a subplot, for lack of a better word, continues on as the context of the overarching plot until the player characters deal with it or get tired of it.
0: Yes. So, I, I to sum up, I think the takeaway is that when your players take your MacGuffin and do something with it you didn't expect, you need to roll with it. Roll. For sure. Yeah. And I think it's completely okay for you to stop the game or whatever you need to do to make that work. Yeah. Now, I think a lot of GMs also suffer from the fact that the MacGuffin is precious this is a story I was setting up it was going to run for a year tough. I had all this great stuff well yeah that's your advice but, right. but yeah. that that is my why, advice. why is that right get over it suck you, it up buttercup it's not
1: your story it's their a player's story but I
0: have this awesome MacGuffin but
1: they blew it up too bad go write a novel
3: <laughs> uh, I, i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna disagree with you slightly Stu uh-huh it's our story okay collectively
1: yes because but certainly not my as, story
3: it's certainly not my no. story but I am a contributor to the story
1: yeah but if you're the only one who wants it to go in direction a
3: then it if if I set up you know McGuffin on a pedestal in a museum and they destroy the McGuffin you know what That's just no, but I get
1: or look at it and go. "Mm." I get what
3: Stark's saying. Like if you think you
2: had some really cool shit planned with this, I'm not saying you're in a pout, right, or anything, but where where there could be a pang of, oh fuck, I had this really cool shit planned, and it's like then you're you have to regroup, like you said, or roll with it. But I mean, I
0: don't you feel sorry for the players? They're like, I had some this. I had the most awesome shit set up for you guys, and you guys completely fucked it up. Oh well. Yeah. Well, well now I gotta make it up as we go. You know what? Well, I mean, I, I, when when
1: people have done like the the mm. most breaking things in recent memory, like the, the the couple of things that Bruce pulled in the game, Bruce afterwards said, "Oh, I totally thought that's what you expected I would do."
2: <laughs> that's Bruce Brain.
1: Yeah, it, it's like, oh, he said this, this, this. There's this one loophole here. It's so obvious. That's
0: what I'm gonna do. And I, m- meanwhile, dumb me is going, oh, fuck. I'm a scorpion. I'm not gonna sting you if when we cross the through. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. It's in my nature. I figured you knew that. <laughs> but, Remember alignment, Dick. Well,
1: <laughs> it doesn't even have to do. I don't think it, it. There's any any part of it that was malicious. He is he is thing. You, you here's the situation you've given me. I, I have decided to do this. And it seems obvious to me, because the only information he has about it is the information I have given him.
3: Mm-hmm. So really, if there's anyone to blame, it's me. The, the thing is, my, my assertion is that there's not anyone to blame. That's well, just I mean, that's the way the, the, the game rolled. Ver- the vernacular yeah. I'm
0: using. No, I, yeah.
3: I get you. I get you. I'm just... I'm, I'm, the point I'm trying to make is that's just how the game rolled. Right. Roll with it.
0: You have to. It's a very interesting point, too. I, I think that a lot of GMs will blame themselves or, or feel that because the MacGuffin wasn't picked up, that they've done something wrong, and they now scramble to try to fix something. Fix something right. that maybe isn't broken, but they don't know that that's not broken because it's okay. The players have made that choice, but they're trying to fix the game. Well... well uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's, it's an important point because we hear, we, we forget. We, we were, were blessed with a lot of players and we, we were really good at sort of making stuff up and going off the cup, but I think there's a lot of people out there that have set up a story and then when the players derail from it, they feel like they've fucked up
3: I, I, as a I get GM. you. And in my mind, it's my, just, you know, my poor people, little brain, um, they made a mistake. They made a mistake of thought in that they tried to solve the problem. Don't try to solve the problem. Create the problem. Let the players solve it.
0: And that's really very good advice. But I think a lot of GMs aren't used to that, and especially new people. You remember, we get this book full of rules that says this is what you need to do. This is how a game is run. And if they feel like if that if that rule gets broken, the players have taken it someplace. They have now fucked up the game. They don't know how to recover. It's. I'm not saying that they're right. I'm saying that's how they feel. Uh,
3: I, I get that. I get, and that's unfortunate because they're beating themselves up unnecessarily. That's I agree. What I'm trying to say.
0: I agree too. I, I think that as a GM, you need to know that your players are co-storytellers in the game, and in fact, actually, really, they're in charge, right? They're they're
3: they're, they're controlling the protagonists. I so set the stage. And I fill in the little fiddly bits around the edges. And we say that, but when you're actually GMing, it's hard to
0: sometimes reconcile and remember that. I, I, I mean,
3: for us, I, I, it, it,
0: it seems obvious for us. But I think a lot of people struggle with that, that very fact.
3: Oh okay. I, I don't disagree.
0: What's wrong, Steve? We have I, an
3: exploding MacGuffin. It's an on exploding the MacGuffin.
1: Yeah, that you can. I, I guess in our chat room you can draw pictures. Uh oh. And this means nothing to the chat room whatsoever, <laughs> or to the to the actual <laughs> to podcast. The but it means a lot to the, the, podcast, podcast, the chat but yeah,
3: room. Yeah, th- yeah. Boom goes the MacGuffin. <laughs> he blew up a MacGuffin. Right. Boom goes the
1: MacGuffin. So there you go. Uh, email from Len in Miami. And this, this was actually going to be the topic but then I, I, I realized I, I remembered the gripping hand and so I wanted to talk about that.
0: Ah, the gripping hand. I was Jerry Pornell. fond the, memories.
1: That, the, 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 you know, there's a podcast Leo Laporte does called This Week in Tech. Know, Is the, the he still TV. doing it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love huge.
0: it. i, miss, I missed him off Tech TV. I remember, <clears throat> I remember that. Yeah.
1: Remember, remember when his rolling ball blew up?
0: Yes, that was on. That was classic. on Twitter. Yeah, classic. it was classic.
1: But every so often, Jerry Pornell's on, and those are episodes. I mean, I, I love reading Jerry Pornell's writing. I can't stand hearing him talk because <laughs> he it kind of he's got some pauses
0: and he has sort of a high Dude, voice. S- save that for your next NPC. Yeah. That is a great, great NPC.
3: I think you just found the voice for Wendy Drawers <laughs> Dusty Drawers. Dusty Drawers. <laughs> Manky George. <laughs> Manky.
1: Oh, it kills me. I like oh and I was thinking of, I was listening to an old episode and he was on there and I skipped it and then I started thinking about the moat in God's eye. That's how that whole thing came up. Speaking <laughs> of, just, there's a lot of dust involved here. <laughs> <laughs> Email from Leonard Miami in my never-ending quest to bring controversy to the, controversy. the show, controversy. I have a topic. Ho,
0: ho, 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 ho. How's that for a topper? <laughs> I could listen to that guy all day long, I, I swear right? to God. Someone needs, a a build a,
1: someone needs to build a song out of it. Yeah. I have a topic that may be unpopular. <clears throat> People who throw monkey wrenches just to throw monkey wrenches. Well, this kind of fits in with the topic a little bit. Yeah. People who throw monkey wrenches just to throw monkey wrenches are douchebags. We all know that railroading is a, the great evil. Players should be free to do whatever they want. Player agency is all they have. The GM should be able to uh, go and do anything. The the GM should be able to go with anything the players throw at him. Yada, yada, yada. Okay. And when we feel like we are being railroaded, we players begin to get the urge to muck up the GM's plans just to fight the feel of being constrained. It is our... What It's our way of rebelling against the man, TM. Uh, our version of demonstrating to the street, in the street, screaming, don't tread on me. Okay, you haven't
0: played in a while, but that's actually very accurate. I'm from the a player's tor- point of view. horrible wrench thrower, too. You, you I, I, We'll see. Well, I, I, you, well, I haven't seen you play. I haven't played with you in a long time. It's been a long time. That's a very, very accurate description. It's true.
1: And that's fine. But some players play in a very intentionally meadow way. To wit. To woo. (laughs) If I know the GM wants us to go left, I will come up with any possible way to go right.
0: And that makes them douche tacular in two ways okay that's the first time I've ever seen that phrase that deserves some applause it does okay douche tacular yeah. is a that's a, that needs to be on a t-shirt oh Here it'll go, go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's all I can do it doesn't like that I'm gonna have to change my uh, it
0: loves Charles Nelson Riley hates clap it doesn't like the clap I don't know maybe the clap well, has who a wants the fine. clap anyway it may be too bulky of a I'm fine. pretty sure Charles Nelson Riley's had the clap <laughs> 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 <For a chopper. laughs> the way
1: okay and that makes them douche-tacular in two ways way the lesser they are metagaming they are making character choices based on meta information anyone who says yeah i tend to throw wrenches when i play is flat out admitting <clears throat> that in in that they're in the In-game choices are informed by their metal-level awareness of whether or not those choices mess with the GM's plot. I call bullshit!
0: Shenanigans, for sure.
1: Way the greater. Here is my real issue with it. I quote Jib. It's a game. Okay, we all know that. But what else do we know? Let me tell you what we know. We know that the person running the game... This is underlined here took time away from his or her life, job, time with family, time with friends, time with other hobbies, whatever, to prepare an adventure. The GM sacrificed some portion of his or her life to prepare something, hoping to entertain his or her players. And knowing that, the monkey wrench thrower wants to make it so that the time the GM spent on the story, on NPCs, maybe even on props, etc., is all wasted. The monkey wrench thrower is telling the GM, I don't care how much you spend <laughs> putting this game t- together. I don't believe I would have had fun playing the game that you came up with. I need to do this because it is the only way I can have fun. Oh, and by the way, I don't care if any of the other players actually want to play the game you have planned. Mm. Bad, but not Totally off-base analogy. Colon. I spend... Oh, by the way, uh, someone in there said that the the uh, plural of anal is party. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, bad but not totally off-base analogy. I spend all day making my friends dinner. One asshole shows up to the party and pisses in the food. Is everyone else going to look at me and go, Wow, that was unexpected. Now, what are you going to do?
4: <laughs> yes,
3: and that motherfucker. I got your yes, and right here, buddy.
1: No. They are most likely going to kick the ever loving crap out of that
0: guest. The same applies in gaming. No, it doesn't. Different situation. Yep. No, it doesn't. Bruce can steal from everybody he wants. He can sit around mm-hmm. and, and, and talk to the GM for 25 minutes all the time he wants. He can sit around <laughs> and write meta stories and come up with really interesting things the GM thinks is fascinating. The rest of the players want to kill him.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. You're
0: right.
2: <laughs> it's the same
1: thing. I don't
0: think it's the same as peeing and... No, because
2: Emil... No, a male,
1: no he was male... fucking up
0: the game left and right, and we all yeah. wanted to kill him. Did you and really y- all of you? Yeah! None of us did really? because there was a game we were trying to play right. that he was constantly trying to fuck up <laughs> that you loved him for. Well, th- I did. Well, it's, it was fascinating. It's, it's kind not of not to us, for you. really. The yeah. whole thing
1: where he like grabbed the thing and, nope. and went and trapped the guy there in the room, and you guys were able to kill him. Well, that was that th- guy, months. the recurring villain <laughs> that I wanted to go away. Yeah, the only one time. Didn't have fun
0: killing him. <laughs> 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 but all the gems and the crap he stole from us and all of the other plot yeah, lines he derailed, not fun. Yeah, but I, I also, when, when did I ever make anyone pay for anything? <laughs> True. I
1: mean, the, all of the wealth he was stealing
0: from you guys, story-wise, meaningless. I know. I, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I did appreciate the fact that even though we had tons of riches, we didn't actually and have And befo- actually, before the game died,
1: I had actually come up he, he actually, because once once he and Casey started doing it together, it got real bad.
0: Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. You, you noticed that, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But
1: th- th- that's when I started because none of the players did. I know. But that's when I started planting things. And there was actually, had the game continued for one or two more sessions, uh, you're going to start realizing that the bad guys knew exactly where you were because they placed something that they were keeping in their bag of one of their bags of holding that
0: allowed them to be tracked had the game continued any much longer I would have blown up the MacGuffin and just like, take yeah. like fuck this fuck him fuck his bag of holding and all the shit that's in it
1: alright uh, the same applies in gaming if Mr. Monkey Wrench has some value he is the guardian of player agency he keeps the GM from being railroady and frankly the game from being boring but he can go too far. So saith
0: Len from Miami. Len, you have really hit on something very, very interesting. And I, and I, I think that Stu, because he GMs most of the time, has never really been privy to this from the other side of the table.
1: I've been on the other side of the table when Bruce and Casey ran a game and found someone to be a, a little annoying that you guys had complained about previously and I did not realize how when you're GMing
0: that's 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 where I wanted to go with this yeah
1: you don't know that certain things are driving the players crazy Mm -hmm. because you're very busy and you're very much sitting around trying to figure out this person is doing this okay what are the repercussions of that going to be what are my bad guys doing right now there's so many things you're dealing with that there are things that are very obvious to the players, but you have just no idea is going on. Mm-hmm. And then, when you when it switches and you're out there, you go wow, so-and-so
0: is kind of a nut hole. Wow. And, and we the players are, are, are waiting for a teacher to come down and smack their knuckles, and it doesn't happen. Right. Because we don't notice it. And wh- how, do we, how do we fix that? Is that a problem? Is that... Is talkings... <laughs> talkings... <laughs> Talkings. I would say talking <laughs> because because people don't want to sit there and go, um, "Bruce is being an asshole," and we don't like it. Because we oh, well, now we're whiny. No one ever complained to me about Bruce
1: during the well, game ever, not once. Uh,
3: this is as so often is the case one of those adult conversation moments. <laughs>
0: Nah. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know... (laughs) And now the GM is, like, getting phone calls all day long. Like, oh my god! We're trying to play a game. Why am I getting these... I have to, like, talk people down off the ledge. Conversations. Well... At some point, the GM has to go, this guy's being a douche. He needs to be smacked down for it. And I don't want to wait for my players to sit around and have to take a poll to find out what's wrong.
3: I will say that if if the GM is aware that somebody's being a a wrench thrower for malicious reasons... Well, that's... Expression... In... Intended, the way I said it. um, Then, yes, it is incumbent on the GM to, you know, roll up a newspaper and smack them. But um, one of the things that jumped out at me when I was reading this email was uh, the word why. Why are they doing it? Mm -hmm. We know several, but I'm too leap to mind, players who have both been described as being wrench throwers. Sure. And mm. both of them, and I'm sure you could know who would be able to get at least one of the two I'm thinking of off the, on the first try. Um,
0: no, that's not him.
3: But the thing is <laughs> what that... <coughs>
0: was,
1: no, I was burping. Oh, I thought you were saying <laughs> yeah. his name. And with what well, I had
3: for dinner, you don't want to <laughs> smell it. <laughs> but, but the thing is that neither of these players... Are doing this maliciously. They are in their own character's headspace Mm. and doing what their character would do. And that's the thing I would say about Bruce. And I was not involved in that game, but I know how Bruce plays. Bruce was in his own headspace. Yeah. Was in his character's headspace. Now, that can be very annoying to other players.
0: Mm hmm.
3: But it's not malicious. Right. And it's not.
0: I disagree. As I've known players to make dickish play characters, right? The people, and then justify it as I'm just playing my character. Right. I'm going to steal the rest of the party blind, oh, okay? But it's what my character does, sure. sure. Right? And they're so in- wrapped up in their headspace of their character about being a dick mm-hmm. and derailing everything that the players do, as well as the GM, right? And they can justify it by saying, "I'm just playing my character." It and doesn't I'm just playing my
3: character it- when I stick my sword through you. Does it? Doesn't- it may- well, and, but wait a second. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you a question,
0: okay?
1: Because I pot just chimed in my ear about something. What happens when someone is just playing their character and decide to go down a different tunnel because maybe they're impulsive yeah. or something and they set preemptively set off a combat that is far more complicated and less contained yes. than what everyone else was planning on happening? Yes. <laughs> What you
0: about know, that? You what about that guy? I'll tell you about that guy. Everybody <laughs> had just gotten new tiers and new powers. Everyone across the board. Okay. And everyone had new powers to try out. And that guy was feeling cocky. So he was just playing his character. No, that guy thought he had be- more better powers than he knew how to do because he could so, actually read oh, all the powers. Oh, so he wasn't time. just playing his character. No, 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 no. Okay. I walked down that hallway with oh, really? a bunch of powers I thought I knew.
1: Oh, so so. What you're saying is you had miscalculated. I completely miscalculated. how much of a bump that level had
0: given you, and my feet. Okay. I hadn't actually fully okay, read all that because once we got into combat, Whoa. I went, "Oh, because remember with awesome thought I was. Remember, remember with you, your your right. player gets rewritten, right?" And my player got rewritten. A, and, and I'm like... It was like fifth
1: level yeah. or eighth level. Also, some point where it's a big bump.
0: We also forget it in this combat, too, that, that our, our regular players were gone. We had a substitute guardian at that point as well. So tank, right. T- yeah. Tyler was playing and he didn't know how. No, he was doing... So when I brought everybody back, he was... He... Yeah... There was there was there was more than me just wandering down the corridor. But yeah, I was uh, I was feeling cock strong. Like I'm going to try out some of these new feats. God damn it! And knowing full well that I go down a corridor right. and I'm going to encounter well, something.
3: In, in the case of the guy who writes a character Sorry. who <laughs> that
0: was a bad who
3: is an arsehole. Um, yeah, you know, I think that I think personally that's on the players to deal with. I think that's on the other characters. If he's going to, if he's going to, he wrote a character who's an arsehole. Okay, that's a, some of that's on the GM because he let it happen. But, um, he's playing his character, he's playing as his character, he's stealing from the party, and I catch him. Hmm. Well, among other things that could happen, you could end up with a rogue character who now is dead. Is dead, sure, or a rogue character who gets all of his stuff taken away from him, and um, is
1: never trusted again. And that's a good litmus test to see if the person is being an asshole, right, or if they're, or if they're simply being true to the characterization of their character, right? Because when you have a thief in a party, and a thief is one of the four main main character classes in D anD. D must we blame the players?
0: Cannot we blame Mr. Gygax? <laughs> They're not called thieves. <laughs> they were <laughs> called thieves. They were originally. How I, I, yes, putting it on the onus of the players to role play out the and and, and exactly the dick in in the middle of a dungeon crawl, when after the the fifth time you've caught him stealing your shit, is is it sounds great in, in purpose, but you're like we're in the middle of a fucking dungeon. I can't kill him now. We need him to get out. We need we can't we need all the people we can. The other thing is a lot of people are like we just want to get the game going. We want to pick up the McGuffin, right. we want to keep rolling. And he keeps you know, all right. Well, so and they what they do is they do damage control trying to smooth over all the stuff he's done to keep going forward with the game. W- what he's done is made himself the center of attention. All the players are trying to and walk on eggshells around it and ignore the fact that he is fucking up the game for everybody else. Nobody wants to sit around and confront him and, and take him down. Yes, that's what they should do. Is that what happens all the time? As I don't think it is. I think so, a lot I mean, of players don't want to do that.
1: That certainly happened when I used to play groups in college. That happened all the time. There was... More player deaths happened at the hands of other players. Uh, but I think that's unusual. Might. I think a lot of
0: players don't want to sit around and kill other players. I I, I, I think a lot of people I, I, just understand. want to I think a lot of people want to pick up the McGuffin and go. And when somebody's not doing well, I mean, that, they they try to make that to facilitate or ignore it. And I think I think what ends up happening is that one player ends up throwing monkey wrenches at the other players, either now are forced not to play the character we're kind of getting
1: getting off on a tangent from what he's talking about a bit because there's a difference between the guy who's throwing the monkey wrench is the guy who's intentionally trying to, to derail what the GM is planning Whereas now we're talking about a player who's stealing from all the other characters.
0: Well, no, because he's throwing a monkey wrench, he's stealing attention away from all the rest of the characters. He keeps constantly derailing stuff, making the GM focus on that character.
2: But I I think that the difference is, and I thought this is kind of what Len was getting to, is the person who is intentionally... Metagaming and throwing wrenches just to throw wrenches versus someone the obvious who really thing to does do would think, be to go with right. X, yeah, and that's there, clearly so what I you have so, planned. Yeah. right. Therefore, I am clearly not doing that. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Well, there's also there's the guy who's going to be the the guy who's very suspicious of the GM who's going to uh-huh. say, "Oh, that's the obvious thing to do." That's obviously <laughs> the thing that's going to be a trap, yeah. right? I mean, oh, of course. Yeah. Especially if you're talking about old school D and D guys. Yeah. You never do the obvious thing, because that's obviously going to lead to, you know, arrows all over you, because that's what happens. The wheels within wheels. Right. I don't know. Let's let this cogitate. Okay.
0: Uh, Now, uh...
1: Yes? Juliet says that uh, somebody called it the gamer's Nuremberg defense. I'm just playing my character. Yeah?
2: (laughs) I was just following all us.
1: Yeah?
0: I, I agree with that.
2: They were asking if you set up the Q&A. I thought you said... I you forgot. I oh. forgot to say it, And you
1: can't I do it once you've started the that's thing. That's why it's not was. there. Okay. That's why the chat room's up, so
0: I'm looking at the chat room. But yeah, I forgot to put the Q&A All right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so there you go. So, thank you, Lynn from Miami. That's actually... A, I think we might chew on this for a couple more episodes. This is some really good, interesting stuff. Who's next? I, oh, Tell I'll, me. Oh, I'll do it. All right. Everybody's very quiet. I'll right, do it. Right, right. Happy Jack Screw. I'm listening to episode 1213. <laughs> listening to the note from the guy running the large game. I ran Pathfinder a lot, which means, or I run Pathfinder a lot, which means that combats can run a bit slowly. I strongly suggest, unless the knitters and scribblers are such, and such are continually missing their actions, don't worry about them. Sketching and knitting for some people are a thing that keeps their hands busy and letting them track what's going on. I actually used to knit during classes as a way to keep from getting distracted and ignoring the lecture. A guy playing a game on his phone on the other hand, that person is checking out. Games engage your attention differently drawing than drawing and knitting good gaming. There was a like lot of
1: conversation room. on the forum about this uh, and I, I think I've kind of changed my mind to, to depending on what you're playing. Because if you're playing, because uh, I r- recall this guy was playing at Pathfinder mm-hmm. with a large party. When combat's going around the table, it ain't going to be your turn again for right. maybe like 15 minutes. Right,
3: yeah. Yeah. You can oh, only definitely.
1: be really interested in the s- moving slow like molasses combat for so long. I don't, I, I, I don't I know if to I have say my that players checking out. W-
0: when I used to play, <coughs> uh, I don't do it now, but when I used to play, when, when it wasn't my turn, I would draw. I would right. draw sketches of the other people's yeah. characters. I'd draw I my character. And and his his point about uh, it's a way of keeping your hands busy, but your brain is still engaged. You're listening to what's going on, and you're sketching, and you look up and go... Even if you're not? Really? But it's a way to just sort of stay focused. Even Well,
1: I don't know... I, Staying focused—that—that that seems counterintuitive to me. It, to do something entirely different to stay focused. Well, because is you, that just a way so that you don't no? Look because with a
0: role-playing game, you want to, you are at points you're a passive listener. Somebody else is taking their turn, sure, and you're listening to what they're doing, but you can't actually contribute. So you you are, and you don't want to pick up too much information because if the GM says, "Well, uh, you know, this," if you remember back, your mother did <coughs> this, and so that affects the way you. So so. If you're sketching well, or doing something else, thing. no, you're not. You're still focused on the game. You're still listening to what's going on. You're still active on your How turn. How can you listen to what's to going program? on if you're
1: trying not to mend a game and you're not listening to what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I think. Okay, if I don't care anymore. I mean, if if we're in combat and you're in, a, it's in a big game, and it, it's going to be ten minutes before you come back. Take out your fucking phone and play something. I don't really care.
3: It doesn't really bother um, me. It's, as, if, as long as you're ready to go when your turn comes.
1: Right, but yeah. It, That's if not you're how not, I ask. Then put the fuck away. If you can't, well. At least remain uh, focused enough.
2: And I think uh, we made this point. There was a picture posted after GameX of uh, a table of us playing uh, Atomic Robo. And there were iPads out, and iPhones out, and a laptop out. And somebody made the comment about. People being distracted while they're playing, but uh, in that game, pe- you're uh, referencing PDFs of uh, books, um, right. rules. Uh, I like to look up stuff if I'm playing a genre game and I'm not, uh, you know, completely versed in that genre. I like to look stuff up so I can keep the flavor of the game. Um, we were using like soundtrack things, so it's not always that somebody's there playing, you know, Candy Crush or something like that. Right,
1: but I mean. How much more distracting to your brain is going is playing Candy Crush going to be to drawing?
3: I sp- th- I would say that that would depend on your brain. Um, <laughs> I know for I know for a fact a a player that I hold in highest regard. Mm-hmm. Um, I have watched him when it's not his turn playing a game on his phone,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and yet when the opportunity comes for him to do something, he's right. Johnny on the spot. Right. And, you know, so, I was, so I'm kind of in the same position you are. It's like, okay, I don't care. If you want to get your phone out and do something, Now, fine. if you're slowing the game down. Because right. It, now, the thing then, is, when I come okay. to you on your turn, be ready to go. Right. Because if you're not, I will move on. I, I
0: think that's maybe the point. There's some yeah. nervous energy involved. There's as a, as a combat going around, and... In some games, combat takes a while. You need something to do to dispel that nervous energy. Uh, whether it's drawing, sketching, checking your email, maybe looking through images to find the right image for the combat. Look, look, I found a cool image. Yeah. Stacking dice. If you've got no iPad, you've got nothing, nothing, you can't draw, you're stacking dice because there's a nervous energy you need to get sure. out because also, something's going on.
3: Something else that I have run into for myself is I'm in a game, but my character is not in present for what's going on at the moment sure sometimes I need to do something to distract myself a little bit so I don't inject myself
0: right I've had the same problem yeah
3: you know, um, what if oh, I'm, you're not not to, I'm not trying to commandeer the game I'm just like ooh, what bit? oh yeah
0: yep <laughs> yep
3: and you don't want a
1: meta game and you
3: don't want to like give it yeah right exactly kind of so and, yeah um, a lot of times because I'm trying to get um, a visual representation of characters and things. I'll do sketches of of characters and NPCs in the game uh, during during gameplay. You know it's bad when, <laughs> it's when you melt and you, you actually you offend you yourself. Might, possibly Swar- you should shawarma. have eaten something else uh, for dinner.
1: And I ate all of the, the what is it? Uh, pickled parsnips or that come with it. You know they're like yellow, red, kind of. It's a it's a root vegetable that they pickle. Beets. They're not beets. They're turnips. There's turnips. Like, There's turnips. They're turnips. They put oh. beet juice in it to make them pink. they But they're, I think they're turnips. Yeah. And they're delicious.
2: And they want to oh, come out. They hate and they want to
1: come... And, and they're, they're so good, my stomach <laughs> wants to share them with everyone.
2: <laughs> At least you're not sharing the Kedave the way. Because <laughs> you can direct that shit Poor you're doing Dave. a little bit. We, <laughs> play,
1: we get to play a game...
2: Tomorrow. I am so
1: excited because I, I, I got to. We got to play the first Star uh, star, oh, star Traveler Tra- Star Wars. Star Wars oh, yeah,
2: game. nice. Oh well,
1: yes, it did. Uh, I've got the actual play. I haven't posted it yet. I'll probably I'll probably Very post cool. it after the con. I'm, cool. I'm thinking, cool. but we're gonna play that tomorrow. Or that's our next session. No, tomorrow? a moment of- no. Tomorrow is Star It'll, Wars. Yes. Is tomorrow
3: Star Wars or is tomorrow Inukai?
1: Tomorrow, Star Wars. Inokai was supposed to be last Sunday. Yeah, and that—that—that's that's why. I, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go through my notes. It was supposed to be this, this, this. Inokai was supposed to be last Sunday, and it didn't happen. Gotcha. Um, but tomorrow is Star Wars Traveler, cool. and then the day after is the moment of truth. Game, moment of truth.
3: Yay!
1: Which I just finished some cool prep for,
0: and oh, very fun, Which I'm sure we're going to fuck up.
3: I, I'm uh,
0: maybe. <laughs> I, don't know.
3: I'm, I am curious to see a couple of things in the immediate future of that game. One of them is... um, Is a certain person dead? I don't know who. And if so... Has it been posted? Yeah.
1: Okay, the last game has been posted. Okay.
3: Yeah. Um, So I'm not wanting to spoil for for people. And then how is a player character going to react to it if it is? If that person is dead? I'm not sure what
0: you're talking about.
3: Uh, I just want to see how he raises Rob back roster.
0: into the game. Is that what you're saying?
3: Yeah. That's, that's a lot of it, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, his <laughs> yeah. sister. <laughs> Josefina. Oh, that's
1: oh, right. His cousin. Oh, his right. Cousin, yeah. cousin Josefina.
0: <laughs> that's going to be bad. <laughs> oh, I forgot yeah, about that. You know, see? <laughs> yeah, I, I figured... The I players <laughs> shot the MacGuffin. <laughs> I figure
1: homeboy's going to be like...
2: He might have to lay, lay someone down. He's going rolling up
1: and right,
2: you <laughs> know. And
1: why are you guys sneaking around? <laughs> What's with all the blood? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, okay. we, we're, we're playing that. For those of you who don't know, that we we do a, a very spotty but irregular uh, <laughs> actual play. <laughs> I was trying to think of a redeeming <laughs> quality, but I can't.
3: Would, would you like some additional <laughs> files to throw in the actual? <laughs> sure. Play? Yes. Okay. Probably
1: regular. <laughs> I, I, I acquired a um, digital recorder that has omnidire- dual omnidirectional I have, ha- mics. I have one. On it? You do? Okay. I have one. The, I, I, what I was planning on doing with that is lending that thing out to record shows. I'm going to use it to record the
4: mm.
1: podcast on next Saturday at the convention. But I was thinking lending it out to people who were gonna be running games and stuff. Yeah, so if they wanted to record. I'm
3: gonna record my games at the con. Okay. I'm I'm thinking about doing
1: the same thing. I have of to kinda see how the room is and if it's Dude. And what what the other the surrounding tables are? Oh my god, what it's what, time be are, what
2: time's your game. <laughs> uh, I've
1: a I have have a nine AM Saturday and a nine AM Sunday.
2: Uh nine AM Saturday there and are two PM Saturday. I swear to Christ there's gonna be like Ten There's gonna be ten thousand people
1: in that room. Oh yeah, well There's I'm s-
2: twenty two may- games at two o'clock. It may spill
1: out into the yeah. main room. It may yeah. have to, but I'm playing in a game on two p.m. on Saturday, I'm playing sweet. in the,
3: okay
1: uh, Mauser's Fate game.
3: Oh cool. And I'm Friday night. Oh I- sweet, we're gonna play together.
1: Oh awesome. And Friday night, I'm going to be in uh, Kimmy's uh, Laser Ponies game.
2: Oh, right on. I saw that. That's cool.
1: That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yes. Because I've heard a lot of good things about the system, and I really want to try it out. <laughs> laser so Ponies? A, the, yeah, there's a lot of listeners I, that harangue me about... You I know what? I, we I, we I discovered Laser
0: Ponies <laughs> like early on in one of those bundles that were sent to us, right. and we loved it, and we laughed about it, and Kimmy's it's like the only one brave enough to actually run it's it. Like it's, it's like his eight-year-old daughter did all the, I the, I the illustrations. It's so awesome. The thing
3: is that the whole Laser Ponies concept of a game creeps me out
1: i just think it's awesome uh what is it what is the unicorn then charlie the unicorn is that the the only thing i think of is that and that is creepy yes yes it
3: is email from rob gina you want to go next uh
2: email from rob about just not feeling it howdy crew i need advice asap I hadn't played any RPGs in years, but I got the itch after listening to all of you awesome people and playtesting a couple of Savage Worlds games, games with a friend who happens to be in the industry.
3: Oh, yeah, baby.
2: Uh, I had all of my old D&D stuff from growing up and wanted to start a game without spending a bunch of money, so I started up a 2 e D&D <laughs> game. Ugh.
4: Yeah. That sucked. <clears throat>
2: 2E just doesn't hold up to the newer systems. So after a few months, I made a decision to switch to Pathfinder and keep running the old D&D modules. I like this system, but it is a min-maxer's a min uh, delight, and that is unfortunately what most of my group cares about. I told them from the beginning that wasn't the type of game I wanted. Unfortunately, I see the writing on the wall. I have since lost interest in the game and now just want it to be to end uh, however, we are on the first of a series of four modules. So, on to my question. How do I end it? <laughs> <laughs> I considered making it so boring that the players just drift away. But that could be a very slow and painful way to do it.
0: Or wow. do, I, do I know a Wow, so what <laughs> a bad idea. <laughs> you guys are all librarians. A child comes yeah. to check out a book. What do you do? <laughs>
2: Do I TPK the group and just say, oh, well, I guess conversion to Pathfinder was harder than I thought? Any thoughts, suggestions, or otherwise would be much appreciated. Uh, thanks, Jackers, and keep up the good work. Sincerely, Rob D.
3: Can I go? Yes. Okay. First things first. This is, um, this is one of those adult conversation moments. It just is. You know, uh, you're not digging the game. You need to talk with your players about that. Um, and I know it, it can be scary and daunting to, you know, to have that conversation. Now, there are a lot of you know, things where our answer is you need to have an adult conversation with people, and some of those things are hard. But in this case, as the GM, it's your responsibility. Um, so I you, need to
0: talk to the, my social internet players and share my feelings, <laughs> and expect that they're going to react rationally. T-P-K. This is the scariest yeah. thing you've ever said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
3: but T-P-K. I can solve his problem in terms of fixing the game, and okay. he's answered his own. Pro- he's answered his own question because I can answer that in two words, and you know what they are: Pathfinder. Kirk's no, Savage, savage worlds. worlds. Um, I was with him I because know what he meant. Well, sure. It's on the shirt. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Buddy of mine went to Gen Con, I got the shirt. Nice. Oh good. Um, so you could run those modules in Savage Worlds and the game will run just fine. Now, before anybody gets off on the on on beating up that horse again, I've heard it said many, many times that Savage Worlds doesn't do fantasy well. Here's my answer. Bullshit. Savage Worlds doesn't duplicate D&D. It's that's not designed good, to.
0: That's a very good point. It is
3: not designed to. If what you want is the look and feel of D&D and a Vansian magic system, play, play D&D, D&D right. or play Pathfinder. <laughs> well right.
0: said. Okay?
3: I, it's it. They're both fine games. Have a great time. Enjoy. Right. Rock on. Savage Worlds does fantasy wonderfully. It does not do. It does not duplicate D D. It's not intended to. But by the same token, neither does GURPS, Neither does Hero. Neither does Fate.
1: GURPS can do anything.
3: <laughs> I could do it with it's Hero. Still not D though. I could. I could do. I could create a advanced <laughs> magic, magic system for sure. Hero. Yeah. I could totally do that.
1: But. And you could actually build out of the box. You could actually build D out of Hero.
3: Yes I, 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 <laughs> yes, I could.
1: Yes, I could. Reverse engineer. There's enough. <laughs> the problem, stuff the thing to is, do that.
3: why would I want to?
1: Right. Sure. Okay. Now, I, what I wonder is, if he does he want to like play something else, or does he just want this game to go away? Well,
0: that was my take on it too. He
1: just wants it to go away. Go ahead and finish your. Thought. I, I'm thinking. Okay, why do you have to kill the game? Why don't you go to the players and say, "Hey, look, you know." I'm not feeling it. I'm I'm tired of this game, or I don't have time for it, or I'm, I'm just, whatever whatever the reason is. Does someone else want to take over as GM? That was and okay. and say you know, here's photocopies th- that I somehow legally obtained <laughs> <laughs> of, of the modules I was going to run. <laughs> you can run them for them, and I'm going to bow out. I mean, you don't yeah. have to kill the game. The game, right. like uh, the game's not yours. The game is everyone's. Everybody's. You're just leaving, and uh, it seems to me, if you got someone who's willing to stand up to step up, and that's a big if
0: sometimes. Can
1: but they? if you do, having a GM leave does not necessarily mean you have to kill a
0: game. Well, uh, the way, what I got out of reading so, this was he loves to GM. He's just getting tired of that game. It's just not exciting anymore. And I know, Stu, you've had experiences maybe. with this, which is gamers are like I'm just right. not feeling it. Right? I, you know, hey, I just found a new game system. Let's try this. I think sometimes GMs want to stay. They want. They want. They want to be thinking and learning new stuff. And there's a. There's a thing about GMs, right? You you guys, on top of telling the story, you also want to learn systems. You want to master these things. You want to try out new things and find out why this thing is different than that game. And it's maybe unique to GMs. And maybe that's the the solution, which is, I'm just not feeling this game. Can we put it on a hold for a while? and Let's try another game and another system.
3: Yeah, yeah. you could do that too, yeah. I mean, you could do something other than Savage Worlds, but he said he didn't want to <laughs> spend a bunch of money. That's brings true. me right back to that's, Savage Worlds. That's true. I,
1: or, you know, it, and maybe he needs to modernize a little more and go to the new 5th edition, the new shiny. By the way, the PHB uh, showed up if you want it. Oh, actually, yeah, sure. Yeah, they so. had
3: them on the shelf at Game Empire. Huh? They have them on the shelf know, at Game I, Empire. I know.
1: I I realized that after I pre-ordered uh, all you, the you stuff. You bought right? one and had
3: ordered one and I got I I, went got, got, I, so I, I went always got it. Took a minute for my feeble brain to catch but it.
1: Then, but then it finally showed up. So, you, But I mean... Yeah. The starter set for D anD D is twelve bucks. Yeah, it's cheap. And then they got the free book to do all the character stuff. It's got a lot of the stuff from the from the player's handbook in it. Yeah, I really like the new player's handbook. It's a pretty book. I love the art. I love pretty the book. Ch- the design choices. A lot of people really say of that art. they're really yeah. loving the art. It's a drastically different from 4th edition. And that's fourth interesting 4th edition to me. artwork was freaking awesome. I
0: love that. And I also like the Pathfinder artwork too, which I think is the same I love artist. I the yeah? Pathfinder. Oh, uh,
3: I don't know. No. I'm not sure. I'm not, not, sure. not sure.
0: I'm not going to go out on a limb and say it is, yeah, but it, there, it's there, a I similar know.
3: style. I will, I think I will they go use,
0: that far. I, I think both games use multiple artists. Which, certainly. But I, I know with... Well, all right. I, I mean... There's been signature artists around the D and D things. Larry Elmore did a lot of right, stuff. Right. Uh, David Trampier did a lot of stuff for, for various editions. But I, and I'm I'm thinking specifically of a certain look, and I don't even know who the artist is. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I pursue don't that path because I'm just gonna be talking about that guy that does the thing and with trying the to guys just, with the eyes and the really bold, and it's just not gonna translate well.
1: But I I'm I'll have to do
0: more research before I can argue this point.
1: At some point, because I'm intentionally I keep pushing all the game books away because I'm trying to read Apocalypse World
2: <clears throat> and
1: I have to push all of these things out of my sight because I have to finish my goddamn adventures for next week for the con God damn it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like no I got it to this and I've got one of them pretty much done you're way
0: foul temptation I, I have things oh to my do God.
1: I could run both of them tomorrow if I had to you. but I really like to I, the thing I like to do now it seems, in the last year or so, is really work on my NPCs. Yeah. And who they are, and what they're like, and just interesting things about them to kind of just flesh them out a little bit. Not just personality, yeah. but just stuff about them. and make like them details g- about them. I,
0: I, I get it. I, to I, give I, them that depth. I'm yeah. such an over-prepper when it comes to games. I love the actual world creation NPCs and NPCs. And if I, oh, I've got a town, I've got to populate it. And I will spend the entire time populating the Blacksmith shop, the innkeeper, the market stall, and finding and making these cool NPCs that are fun for me to make right. that they're probably never going to encounter,
1: yeah. or if they do, they're going to they're not even going to role play with them. Right. It's going to be
0: like, right. How much does he want for this? But I had fun making right. that sure. apple seller who right. lost an arm in, in the war, right? But I, and that's fun. The one-armed apple seller. <laughs> yeah, they're all, they all end up with I, I, that. Like in, in, both case, in both cases, in both
1: cases. I'm not creating a new setting in both games I'm running, because I'm running a Moment of Truth game, which is in the conspiratorium setting, and it's just in another town down the road from where the player, you guys, are right now. And it could be
0: happening... Oh, right, right, right. You're running consecutive timelines, different story. It's
1: it's just that they're going to make the characters at the table.
0: That's really cool. um,
1: And then... I, I kind of lifted that out of Apocalypse World, the the, the character generation, because
4: mm-hmm. it's yeah. sort of
1: abbreviated character generation, where it's like just come up, pick yeah, stat blocks, stuff like that, and then, uh, but it, it it's probably happening around the same time that you guys are dealing with what you're dealing with, but it's you know, seventy five miles away in another little nondescript mountain town, <laughs> that it, and and the uh, the two adventure parties won't intersect, I don't think,
4: mm-hmm.
1: but that is going to also give how be able to give me a fleshed out area where something really interesting transpired for the campaign later on and you guys can come in maybe meet those player characters now as NPCs
0: or plus all the NPCs are all fleshed out and Mm -hmm. who knows what this four hour thing is going to generate plot wise no idea no idea could be really good when they
3: get a hold of the nuclear warhead and set it off Right, it might take yep. you guys
0: out too what it happens. What, what's going to happen <laughs> <laughs>
3: right. sorry happen. guys we're not playing Show up. Uh, you guys need to make new characters <laughs> and they can't be from California <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> you're all standing <laughs> on the ridge, going look at that isn't that a th-? and make new characters
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: but that's a really f- bright flash of
1: ow <laughs> <laughs> that'd uh, be then, fucked and up and then an L5R game uh, th- of course that's taking place th- that's other members of the Inukai family a lot of the NPCs I've already made but I haven't really fleshed them out. Yeah, like the 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 um, uh, the crab. A lot of the crab people, I know who they are. I have a little some notes about personality, but now I know I'm going to have player characters meet them. So now I'm really fleshing them out, and plus I really fleshed out where they're from. It's fun, so, cool. yeah, it is. I like I like doing that kind it's of world building.
3: Making the the NPCs is actually my favorite part of game prep, and it's it's the lion's share of what I do yeah. for game prep because that's how I know what's going on.
1: Hmm. Absolutely, it's I people. agree. I
3: agree. Okay. Thanks, Rob. Hey, Charles the teetotaler. Email from Charles the teetotaler about GM burnout. Okay, I, see I didn't a theme. know this was going to be a horror story. Because is it? Well, he says he's he's a teetotaler. <sighs> I know
0: it's T E E though. It's golfing.
3: Okay, yeah. okay. okay, okay. I'm am okay then. Dear Does that happy mean jackers, this to
0: golf?
1: Uh, do you golf? I used to. Really? I gave it up for Lent. <laughs> I actually gave it up for bent because I bent one of the poles. Of
4: the...
0: <laughs> I did. I had a tree limb. See, if I had a soundboard right now, I could do the dun dun It was it was a nine wood yeah and so was the tree
3: how's that for a topper? how's that for a
2: chopper,
0: <laughs> oh, for a chopper? <laughs> sorry
2: you need uh, weenie genie or something then
0: too I can get weenie genie
3: he <laughs> could also get a
0: sound bite of weenie. okay
3: dear happy jackers you magnificent <laughs> bastards long time listener first time emailer well second time but who's counting Could you guys discuss the issue of GM burnout? I don't mean getting burned out on GMing itself, but rather getting tired of the story you are running. Normally I find that my campaigns will last about 12 to 16 sessions before I start losing interest. I still like my ideas, but I'm starting to get tired of them. When I begin my campaigns, I'm on fire! Ideas coming like crazy, tons of enthusiasm... But as the game goes on, I start to lose my impetus. Don't worry, that happens. <laughs> you yeah, beat me to it. I
2: was going to say, you, you guys, you old dudes can talk. Starks over here going, I don't know what you're talking
3: about.
4: <laughs> I want to give my
3: players the satisfaction of a nice story conclusion, and not just bail when I lose interest. As a qualifier, I have run long campaigns before, but the majority of mine just peter out after a while. Why is
2: this all a sexual innuendo? (laughs) It
3: is peter out, yeah. Long campaigns. I ran a Star Trek The Next Generation game using the Prime Directive system that lasted a year and a half. I've also run an Aberrant game, White Wolf Superhero Setting, that lasted eight months. Those were two (coughs) of my best games, but I don't know how I sustained my interest for so long. On the other hand, the absolute best game I ever ran was an amber diceless role-playing game that only lasted for 8 sessions. So I guess length isn't as important as quality.
0: See? <laughs>
3: There's so much
0: innuendo in this email. This is real. How's that for a chopper? <laughs> sorry. I need to have just the short one. Just, I mean, you've used it so many
3: times tonight, too. Know, it's I'm awesome. Sorry. But, but I... I'm rambling. Back to my question to you guys. What advice do you have for keeping things fresh from a GM's perspective? How do you energize yourself about a game that you are getting tired of running? How do you keep your interest? Should I try to keep the creative fires burning when I start to get tired of a game? Or should I instead shoot for shorter story arcs? Okay, well there's this song. It's called the Pina Colada song. And you need to listen to the song and take it to heart.
0: Yeah, you know, I I was going to say, what you need to do is the GM equivalent of a car key party. (laughs) When your marriage is getting stale... He got into swinging, I guess. So if you're GMing, if you're getting tired of the game, you need to find a new game cheat
3: shake it up cheat on your a old game shot. a one shot a one shot just, right. just a, one night, yeah. with just a cheap one night stand with another game exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you Gina Very I know. you know what just, just enough to sort of spice and maybe your old players might get jealous so right, right. Nice. And um, that, that might that might it's <laughs> next yeah. time they show up wear a little more makeup you got a little, 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 little le- better life a little nicer and if you have a da- if you have a dalliance with so another game s- so a leg if you have a dalliance with another game it might inform your old game it might actually inspire you to have... Maybe you'll learn some new tricks. Uh, or maybe you realize you'll, that you old try game, it on the old game. <laughs> you realize the old... Yes, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully you don't want to just abandon the old game, but you might find the old game, you know, add some new tricks oh up her sleeve once you uh, revisit her after... Uh, maybe. Um, you know, she might find herself uh, being uh, v- much more interested in you than... Uh, what uh, What are we talking about again? Oh, right, uh, the game, uh, right? The game. <laughs> yeah, game, game, game,
1: game. <laughs> I think... I think... Uh, I think you ought to... Uh, try for shorter ses- shorter uh, length story arcs. Yeah. Instead of trying to run... Because I, mean, I used to do this. It's like, I'm going to run a fantasy game. I, the, there is no end point in sight. Right. Right. And yeah. just run it and keep going and Until it lasts for two or three yeah. years or whatever. Yeah. That's ambitious. That, that
3: is actually the thing that leapt out of, at me from this email. Um, not all campaigns are... Necessarily open ended, nor do they right. need to be, and there's absolutely that, that's nothing. That's a very wrong. good point.
0: No, do they need to be?
3: Right, and, and there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what? I'm going to run a campaign that's going to be eight sessions.
0: Maybe, might be and nine, might less. be six.
3: But we're going to do this one thing, and yep. then we're going to move on to something else.
1: Yep, well, that's that's one of the things I was starting
3: to
1: get. I wasn't running out of ideas, but I was finding it more difficult to get enthused about the L five R game. Around the time we got to around session eleven or so, and I'm like, uh-huh. and that's when I started thinking, you know, maybe we can close the story arc, and then skip ahead t- twenty or some years. Mm-hmm. F- new, fresh characters, fresh new NPCs. <clears throat> All of the the young NPCs are now old people, mm-hmm. if they're even alive, and then you know have a you know they've got unsolved stuff that maybe. Has gotten worse now. I mean, and, it, and it, being able to like have that change of scenery will help you. The other thing that I've noticed is so there are times when I've run games, not recently, but there there have been times when I've run games where prep for the game becomes a chore, especially when I used to run them weekly. Yeah, and when it's it's like Thursday and it's like oh shit, I got a game on Saturday.
0: I haven't uh, even thought about it all week. That's a really good point. Yeah, right. If it's not fun.
3: If, if okay, I, I'm just. The GM is a player too. If the GM is not having fun, the game's not going to be fun for anybody, ultimately. So, you know, either, you know, change something, shake it up, try something different, change your pace. If you're running once a week, back it off to once, to every other week. Yeah. Or, or, you know, change gears somehow.
2: I don't think there's anything wrong with what you were saying. Run, run short story arcs. Yeah. yeah. And then run a different short story arc or I mean the, change the, systems. The, the online GURPS
1: game I ran, I think, was five sessions or mm-hmm. six sessions. It had a, it, it had yeah. a story arc to it. They, they resolved the story arc. Boom.
2: Yeah, it It's kind of like the BBC... Television series, and yeah, it's like, like Sherlock. Eight episodes, yeah, and it's the you know maybe the quality is higher. Mm-hmm. And they the do editions and a
0: Christmas special, and that's <laughs> all you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right.
3: Well, um, they don't have bottle shows and well, boring <laughs> clip shows. And right. I, I was looking at my Savage Worlds shelf the other day, and I have all manner of settings for Savage Worlds I've never even tried. Sure, I've never used them except as like. I like this thing from this setting so I'm gonna snatch it out and use it in this other game I'm running but like I've never run a Deadlands Noir game yet I have not run a, a weird Wars game I haven't run a weird Wars Rome game I haven't I haven't
1: opened my weird Wars Rome <laughs> book yeah
3: <You> know, <laughs> I've got it I, I've got um, I got to play in an East Texas University game once mm-hmm. Um you know but and that, and that's just that game system I've got game systems I've never even used
0: right you know. I, I think that getting tired of the game that you're running is completely natural and normal. Yes. Sure. Um, I have no easy solutions for that. I mean, it's almost like when you're doing a long-running play, perhaps, as an actor, and you're like, oh, my God, I've d- been doing this for the last three months, and I have to get out there on stage and say the same lines over and over again. It, it, at what point are you not having fun anymore? And mm-hmm. I think I, it's different for everyone, but I think it it's important that if, that you need to... You know, Try to have fun with your game, and if you're not anymore, maybe put it up um, on hold.
3: I think for me, it, it really comes down to one word, and that is when I when my brain makes the shift from "I get to run a game this run this game this weekend" to "I have to run this game this weekend." Yep. When my brain makes that shift, it's time to change.
1: Yeah, the, a couple things. Uh, we had a similar email last mm-hmm. week, and prep less yeah so it's a surprise to you too yeah okay you know come up with less of the story ahead of time so great idea so that when the players are sitting there A you don't have to prep as much but maybe it's going to make it a more interesting exercise for you maybe it will set the bar a little higher maybe challenge your, your GMing skills challenge your improvisation mm-hmm. skills a little
0: yeah It'll take you on the journey, if nothing else, because if you haven't prepped, they're going to yeah. take you someplace that you haven't prepared for, and right. now all of a sudden you are...
1: The other, thi- the other thing that, that I think is worth doing, and I've done this on a few occasions, is take a, one of the players and t- pull them aside and talk to them about, about the game. Ask them what they think of the game, where they think the game is going... What they think about what what the story arc is, what the story arc might be, mm-hmm. and you might suddenly it's it's like listening to speculation yeah. at the table, but you just got talking to one guy one on one, and maybe suddenly a couple things. Seeing it from the player's perspective, you may realize, wow, players are really into it. If they are, that may re- rekindle your interest in doing it because sometimes we start to lose interest as gms because we think that maybe the players aren't as interested and maybe we don't maybe we think that this is you know th- this game is has run its course mm-hmm. and it's it's no longer a, a viable thing that might reinvigorate that it might not but the other thing is hearing them speculate about what they think is going on or what might be going on or things that they want to see or you know places where they want to go you know the player characters may say you know you, you may have set the thing up where most of the adventure is going to take place in this one very large metropolitan fantasy city and the players like yeah, we want to really know, see what's on the other side of the mountains cuz we've never been there and we you know, we've uh-huh. had, we had visitors from there but we want to go there and you've never it's never even occurred to you to do that and it's like oh that's well, almost an entirely new game uh-huh. but, you know and and, and So I I think it's it's worth doing that to see it from the player's perspective. And then you may walk away from that conversation and say, yeah, it is time to
0: shut the game down. You might. But if you're... As a GM, I, can totally, I totally get the fact that sometimes you feel obligated to run the game for your players. It's something you've been doing, they're all into right. it, you're not into it anymore. You're, you're thinking about what's over the mountains, um, I'm reminded of EverQuest, where I was stuck in a town and everything, and I finally decided to like, get on a boat, take a journey, survive all this stuff to get to another town, right? And it's a completely different culture, completely different things, completely different monsters to fight. It's a whole different thing, and suddenly the game was new, because right. I'd left the area that I was in. Right. That's a great way to rescue a game that's boring for you. Have them go someplace else. We're now all... Uh, they're now Strangers of strange land. for example. They're now humans in an elvish world, an elvish island, elvish society.
1: And the storylines or the prep that you were doing is not relevant anymore because they ain't there anymore. They're right. in
0: another world. They're completely right. another right. world and you can and now rewrite and start again.
3: That That is totally analogous to the other things that we've been saying with the added advantage of you don't have... You're not also learning a new game system you're not also cooking up a new whole new you know game concept and you're
0: you're not ending the the game
3: (coughs) and you're not ending the game not that those things are are bad it's just a question of which variation on this theme works for you
0: no i totally get it sometimes everything (coughs) seems to be a job you know and you're like oh my god you know how do you keep it fresh it's you, you, Stu, you love writing. You, you know what, what happens when writing becomes your job and it's no longer fun anymore. You know, well, you
1: know why I started you know. doing this show
0: because because it was fun.
1: No, why I started gaming again. The well ran dry when it came to songwriting. Yeah, I sat down for probably a month and a half every night to sit down to write songs. No song ideas. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I'm like, and I, and I realized I needed to. To do something else creatively, to basically break that rut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, I went went down to the Game Empire and I bought the the big three fourth edition D and D books. I talk to you and I talk to other people next thing you know I'm running this too large game that's Th- really a really honest why. confession that's I mean, why man. I start. that's why this whole goddamn thing started was because I couldn't write songs it's a really, really? honest confession <laughs> because because
0: you yep. you were hit a creative rut where you needed mm-hmm. but you knew no. you were smart enough to know because you're one of the smartest people I know <laughs> that you needed to do something to snap yourself out of it mm-hmm. Right? yeah absolutely you and just, it did you were self aware enough to go I'm a creative person and I'm not getting satisfied doing this. I can't do this. I need something else.
3: Yeah. Years ago, I read a poem that has stuck with me, and it went like this I paint pictures, but when my colors begin to run, I reach for songs. But when my songs are all sung, I reach for poems. But when my metaphors go numb, I reach again for colors. Because every child knows it's no fun to play with only one block.
0: What the? And then you masturbate, and then when <laughs> the blocks run out, yeah. I reach for gin.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, we have to, happen, yeah. See, we have to take everything that's good and turn it on its head. I Terrible mean,
1: people. I, it really the, changing the creative scenery helped a lot, and now I'm writing songs about gaming. What the fuck? Yeah. Right? Uh huh. And,
0: and maybe even a couple good ones. And do you ever right, feel obligated sometimes to run a game?
4: Yeah.
0: You not, don't want to admit it. but not
1: it, really. It, there not are really. times when it's like, oh, shit. No, because we don't play that often. If we played weekly, absolutely. It would it'd be like Thursday. It's like,
0: fuck, I got a game on
1: Saturday.
0: <laughs> so I totally get where this email's oh, yeah, is going I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, I do, too. I do, too. But the fact is, when you're gaming once a month... Because yeah. usually when I am most enthused and ready to do the most prep is immediately after the session's over. Sure. Oh,
3: yeah. Because I want
1: to start. And I want oh, right. to get, get stuff down.
3: Yeah. My brain's cooking.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. No,
3: that's definitely
1: not Uh Charles. No, that was, was Charles.
3: This oh, is
2: Minnesota, Minnesota Gooch. Gooch? The Gooch.
0: Who's next? I know, it might be back to <laughs> It's back to me. It's the Doctor uh, Reverend Minnesota the Gooch. Dr.
3: Reverend Minnesota Gooch.
2: What was that voice you were just doing? Do that other one. Mm, which was, one? I don't know. The, the Wendy Dr.'s cousin one. That was good.
1: Um well, the problem is uh, <laughs> and back then we were using a CPM machine and I don't even think we had a backspace.
0: I don't that's know where my, you found that voice. Jerry That's Jerry Portell. Awesome. That's, Jerry that's okay. what he sounds like. All right. I like it. It's
4: funny. It's
0: a good character. It might actually work with his email, considering the first sentence. Uh, hello, friends. I'm on my seventh beer, and
1: I thought I'd do a little research. Ah, my seventh beer. My seventh beer. And thought I'd do a little research. <laughs> I've realized that I have a strong dislike for D20 and percentile based games for the sole reason that I hate the flat distributions. I like my distributions like I like my ladies. Curvy. Insert obligatory reference to group superiority here. Yeah! groups <laughs> <clears throat> is better. Now, D&D used, used to do this quite well with the. 3d6-determined stats. But that was about it. Now there's a newfangled version of d d as some mechanics in the form of advantage and disadvantage, where 2d20 D2, are rolled in the higher or lower of the two rolls are kept respectively. So, I so as I am a scientist, I fired up Excel. I was going to use R, but no one would know what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> and you would be
3: right! Exactly. What the fuck is
1: R? I don't know. I never heard of R. I mean uh,
0: th- the letter uh, obviously sure and then like it's ours collective but, but this is just the letter R, R. it's capitalized like yes. it means something
1: and it, yeah it's not R yeah, it's not even pirates <laughs> and you no. know what fucking A I tried to google it and it didn't help either no just R.
2: putting the letter R in go <laughs> figure what
1: the yeah, fuck? i don't know how
2: oh, the I fuck do you
4: find that, the,
1: you? that if it, i'm assuming it's a computer program how the fuck do you find their webpage if that's the name of the program is R <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I did try to find out what the fuck this was, and I couldn't. And that's I'm not bad at Google.
2: That's poor. Your Google marketing. was pretty good. No, I'm gonna look.
0: <laughs> I'm waiting for Jib to go. Well, R is we'll search for R. R. Jib's looking it up right now. R and if you find um, it, I'm Q- gonna, Q- it's Q- a race. <laughs> I looked for like twenty. Our computer minutes.
2: language. Our computer program. Fuck you. Really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah.
1: It just kept telling as the
2: the twentieth
1: letter R. of the alphabet or something. R. R. It's
2: widely used, I'll have you know, among statisticians <laughs> yes, and r data miners. Yes, R is binders. widely
1: used. So is S and T. Yes.
2: <laughs> R-S-T-L-M-E. Well, I think that S and T Real are more widely used than R,
0: by, mind you. Oh, fuck.
2: Yeah, something about an R command prompt and presses
0: the... <laughs> now she's mocking you.
1: <laughs> it's even got a
0: fucking logo. There's an R with just a circle a, around maybe it. Just a of course a little it does. It's
1: a progr- r- that's a programming language? <laughs> See, I was thinking it was like a like Excel, it's like a spreadsheet program. It's no, called there, R.
2: There is one. But she is. found
1: she found that too. Yeah, R is an implementation <laughs> of the S programming language. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fuck you. Second <laughs> <laughs> oh. like paragraph. Read that. No know. shit.
3: <laughs> wait, 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 wait. How
2: the rise of what the R is R, is, R is an implementation
3: of the S programming language yep. combined with a lexical scoping semantics inspired by Schema. S was created. Never mind. I'm not going to. There's a beginner's at Bell Labs, guide to R. R for was you. created by somebody else at the University of Auckland, New Gnu. Zealand, and is currently developed by the R Development Core Team, of which Blank is a member. R is named partly after the first names of the first two R authors, and partly as a play on the name of S. That's
2: more than anyone.
3: So it's not really R. It's Ah Ah, because <laughs> <laughs> it's Cause from it's
0: Auckland. Ah.
3: So you know, there
1: you go.
0: The that's there that's you go. <coughs> some funny shit in Harvard.
1: So as I'm a scientist, <laughs> I fired up Excel. I was going to use Ah, <laughs> But no one would know what the fuck I was talking about. I filled a couple million cells with pseudo-random numbers between 1 and 20 using the built-in randbetween function and crunched some stats to see what shape the different role types look like. As you can see, the results presented in Figure 1B. Now, I will let everyone know if you go to Happy Jacks. Dot org slash forum. Uh, I have put this gentleman's PDF there because I found it fucking hysterical. God, <clears throat> fucking hysterical. Uh, but it's a mostly visual joke. So it's great for the podcast. Uh, now this <laughs> is where I saw the light, my friends. It is of the utmost importance that you spread this information for I fear they will be coming for me soon. I have begun... <laughs> A manuscript documenting my findings, but it may not be complete in time. You see, it appears that Wizards of the Coast have carried on the infernal plans of TSR. They have become demon worshippers. Dark Dungeons. Did they really? Yep. For reasons that are beyond my understanding, the Dark Lord has a long-running plan to entice house-ridden morbidly obese neckbeards into unwittingly performing occult rites I suppose in this day and age that's a pretty good demographic to hit if you're looking for virgins (laughs) 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 this guy's funny oh fucking Minnesota Gooch is is fucking funny nice Uh, but to the point Please read the transformations in Figure 2. Note how obvious the summoning ritual is. Once there are ten thousands of horrifically smelling virgins across the globe, rolling D20s, he will return with his army. He is coming. Drink while you can. The Reverend Dr. Minnesota Gooch. P.S. I'm sure the figures will work perfectly in an audio podcast. Visual humor for the win. Anyway, I'm drunk, and I thought you'd get a kick out of it. And I did, sir.
0: You know I what? And ins- this I is certainly did. infinitely better than Dark Dungeons. But uh, so we have to say that everybody needs to go now to the to the forum. If you go
1: to the forum uh, under uh, the 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 first heading, which is show announcements and feedback. Gina
0: hasn't seen this yet; she has to call oh, it I up. Know.
1: under HJRP twelve fourteen. The very first post. I, I is it, no? It's under twelve fifteen because this is twelve fifteen. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. And of course, I, I'm probably killing the stream by by doing this now. In fact, I'm almost certain that I just did that. I'm just locked no. up. <clears throat> uh, no. Yeah, if you go, look under 1215, which is down a bit now, because there have been some people that have talked about it, and then they talked about the most recent episode. There's a PDF. Have you seen it? Have you seen the PDF? I, I yeah. have yeah. not I'll show it to you guys very quickly just so you can see it. But he has the, the dice distribution, and he does it in graphical form, so he has charts.
4: Where so is can, it?
1: I'm going to bring it up on this okay. on this so you can oh, see good. it very quickly. But, because um, you know that you've got a flat line when you have the, the D20 for your distributions, and mm-hmm. then you have sort of like an, an inverted V when you do uh, 2D20, right? Yeah. So, th- th- like, there's the bell curve, and then you see that th- there's the 2D20, uh-huh. and if you have advantage, that is your distribution, and if you have disadvantage, that's your distribution. So now you have a sort of an X. Or, so of well, two, two like a delta, but if that one Is line moves up a just pentagram? a little bit it turns into a pentagram
4: I knew it <laughs> demon <laughs> worshippers
1: so there you go that's right D&D we knew it all along <laughs> Jack Chick kept trying to warn us we wouldn't listen
3: go to
1: you. who? Jack Chick never heard of him All
2: right. <laughs> 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 he's got elf, a elf star black
0: Blackleaf uh, and Elfstar. Black, yeah. yeah. Blackleaf is Elf. the one that dies. Aw, spoilers. Oh, sh- shit.
2: Sorry.
1: <laughs> there are some people out there who have not read the graphic novel.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all 12 pages of it. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, so thank you, Minnesota Gooch. Absolutely. Uh, and go check that out, because it, it, it gave me quite a chuckle. I, drink first. It makes it, it funnier. Drink. It's actually really inspired. I mean, it's one of the funniest it's things I've That's seen. super cute. <clears throat> and he has the best name. And title, Reverend Dr. Minnesota Gooch.
3: Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Reverend Dr. Minnesota Gooch.
0: Thank you, Dr. That's Reverend, good. or Reverend Doctor.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, email from George. Who wants to read George? I, I think, it's, I think it's my turn. Yeah. Right. Email from George. Hey, guys. I'm a new listener. Just started at 8 eight fourteen. I have two problems. First being my gaming group. The group consists of my best friends from high school, which is great, but every session of Pathfinder we play seems to be a monster hunt. I am the only one who gets into my character while the others continuously flip through rule books and character sheets and treat the game as if it were a job. The DM is a great friend, a great friend, but a terrible DM. And for an art college grad, it is not creative at all. What do I do? Second, I want to play or run a campy pulp science fiction Ocean's Eleven type game. But I've never GM'd a game before, and I want to know if there is a game that handles this type of scenario. Easy, Jib. Easy. I, I know what down, you're
2: going
0: to say. Calm down. <laughs> it handles this scenario well, i.e., space travel, spaceship combat, espionage for gathering info, and use of guns. Any help would be appreciated. I've been playing. Uh, TTRPGs Tabletop, Tabletop RPGs. Tabletop, right, it's all in the lower cap. Okay. Tabletop are role playing games for a year, and I'm addicted, and I want to move out into fantasy genre. Cheers. Keep up the great work, and on with the show. I love it. And I. I know exactly what Jim's going to say, because I completely understand, too.
3: Because he says, the first word is pulp. Savage Worlds, Worlds. with yep. the slipstream plot point setting. You, everything with, is there.
2: With this mattering of Agents of Oblivion. With, with
3: this the mattering of Agents. Yep.
2: Yeah. I Does Savage Worlds
1: <clears throat> lend itself to games where there's going to be a lot of uh, intelligence gathering and planning?
3: Well... Um, I'm actually going to look to Gina to answer that with the handoff, the word Sturmgeist.
2: Well, yeah, no, I, I think it does. And there is there is a book that's like the kind of Cold War espionage, uh, that one I just referenced called Agents of Oblivion. Mm-hmm. But I think it does. I'm,
1: I'm asking mechanically. Mm-hmm. Because right. there's a lot of mechanics in Savage Worlds to save your bacon. Yeah. When you go into a situation you're really not prepared for and I I'm think- wondering if if that is one of the things he's looking for. If you want something that's maybe a little more unrelenting,
0: if that's what he's you looking know what for. I, you know if, if, it's a- no, when I'm thinking
1: Ocean's Eleven, I'm thinking we have we're going to sit and we're going to plan out this incredibly right. complicated heist.
3: Now, don't get me wrong; there are other things you could do it with. A um, well, cortex leads to much. That's what I was going to say. Uh, fate
2: cortex, cortex floss, actually,
1: could, the, all the ret leverage. that retconning thing. Yeah, yeah the yeah. leverage retconning. Yeah. thing.
3: ubiquity.
2: Um, um, ubiquity would, ubiquity would uh, do it because um, um, sure. you're talking that '30s. you
3: um, Yeah, there are a number of ways you could do it in GURPS. You could do it in Hero. Uh, there, I don't there- think you could do. GURPS. Well, you
1: could do everything in GURPS. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
3: Uh, there's a that's always
1: one of the answers. From now on, just know, <laughs> no, so we know that's, that's one of. There, there's a pulp source
3: book for hero. Um, so yes, you could totally do that. Do it that way. Um, I still, I still stand on Savage Worlds because it just works.
0: I, I do too because there's a lot of source material you can pull from. Uh, I know what you're saying about investigative stuff, but but I, I, uh, the way I see it is because of the mention of of Ocean's Eleven
1: specifically. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that there's how there's not as much of an impetus to plan and make sure that everything is going to go right and account. I, I, f- you know what I'm I, saying? I see what you're saying, and that's um, why I'm and and you, the the fact that you mentioned Cortex has <clears> a mechanic <throat> built into it that that it does that exact sort of thing where you have right. that flashback moment.
3: Mm-hmm. You yep. know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yep. Now I, I I do. Um, touching on Savage Worlds again for just a second. There's a an additional plot point setting, and I forget the name of it, but it's a street crime level mm-hmm. thing. And I think if you took some elements from um, Agents of Oblivion, from that, from Slipstream, and kind of like mashed them together, right? I think you'd end up where you want to be. Um, And cortex
0: would do it. I want to interject for just a second. I don't want to interrupt you, but that's the thing about Savage Worlds: is that all those various books play well together. You can't break it. You can pull from here and here and here. Yeah, I
2: think I I think I would go fate or cortex plus.
3: If I were doing it, and I and I for whatever reason didn't want to use Savage Worlds, um, either fate or cortex would jump out at me. Fate might be a bit. Of a paradigm shift for them.
0: No, I agree, because he's talking about they're all Pathfinder players, and I think they can probably grok Savage Worlds quicker than fate. <laughs> In my- Maybe, but, I, but I, what I wanted to say was, I, I, the freak show is almost a purely investigative game where they get a bunch of clues and things, and I think a lot of that mm-hmm. has to do with the GM. And I take it a cue from you, handing out clues, visual clues, handing out red herrings. That's not the same. That's not the same
1: as a game that's player prep heavy. When you're talking about a heist game, it's like yeah. we need to go out and do a bunch of research. We're going to send the social engineers out to go and get the blueprints and go and get all this stuff, mm-hmm. and it seems to me that because that there's a lot of save-your-bacon mechanics in Savage mm-hmm. Worlds, is there ever that much <laughs> impetus for players to do that level of investigation and information gathering and intelligence gathering when they can just go in guns blazing? And there's a, even a bed, better chance that they're going to come out of it alive. That's what I'm saying. You're right.
2: Other than just trying tone, you know, and play the genre, you mean?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's
2: no necessarily mechanical incentive like in Fate. There would be to creating advantages and
0: right, or in Cortex sort of where it's it's all built around you creating the heist where you spend all the <coughs> You're leverage, right. Leverage
1: specifically, le- right. leverage actually has this sort of weird narrative retcon thing where you can go in i don't remember exactly how it works but you can go in and say oh but we went ahead and, and let's play yeah. out the flashback where and now we I took care of this problem that we knew was going to happen yeah because right. that's
2: the game that's i played at GameX that was <coughs> a, a leverage hack the game of thrones one that okay had, yeah because that because uh, the,
1: the series leverage that's all throughout mm-hmm. it, is that that kind of thing. It's certainly Ocean's and it, Eleven, same and thing. It, Ocean's Eleven has that exact same kind of thing in it. And twelve and thirteen. But, uh, and it's it's like you know uh, people talk about. I, I know very little about Shadowrun, but I know that everyone I've talked to about Shadowrun says how important it is. Intel is when you're going when it, when you're you're getting ready to go do your op. It's very important to know what you're up against and know. What to anticipate what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's because mechanically the game is very unforgiving. Yeah, I would think that's why it, that would be necessary. That's a very that's interesting one, point. That's when I'm. That's when I'm wondering. It's also that that al- that We all got different. That different also kind of runs counter to pulp. Yes, because uh, when I think of
0: Ocean's Eleven, I do not think of pulp. No, no, <clears throat>
2: uh
0: huh. That's kind of where I was going with this is it's interesting how the the four of us got different things out of the same email because I saw the word pulp and went for Savage Worlds I think Jib did right. too and you saw the word uh, tactical Ocean's Eleven Ocean's Eleven and went for a different thing <coughs> right so I you don't know I maybe not so know yeah, email, what it's going for the three of us anyway so yeah I don't know I, don't know. I can't say <laughs> GURPS GURPS
3: <laughs> 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 default gurps. <laughs> Wait,
1: he had The first he question first, hey
0: I've got Kool-Aid hey, you know like and
1: you can and, and you can also you can deadly up Savage Worlds if you want to make sure that they actually go in and prepare oh, yeah. you, co- you can yeah, deadly okay. that shit up let's take away Benny's
3: or you can't Done. you can't Benny out of damage
1: Right. oh yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> uh Aaron wait up Aaron
3: uh it's Gina's turn
1: <sighs> we just read Jorge right yeah yeah
2: Jorge I was just looking because I think he had another question did he? He had a first question. We got it all excited about the, the campy, pulpy
1: What should I do?
2: Science
1: fiction. He's in a game. Um, that's uh, right. Uh, uh, this is what guy. happens. Two questions. Yeah. And, and this actually got mentioned like four or five times in the listener survey that people should ask one question because everyone, every, at least the four or five people, find it infuriating <laughs> invariably if someone asks two or three questions, sometimes more. <laughs> or maybe it's security
0: that we don't have Gina around to remind us that there were there were actually two questions because now I'm we should sure actually some some slip by time.
1: her too. Some, oh, I'm sure they do, but I'm. Sh- Probably, just here, there are probably questions left
0: un- unanswered. Mm-hmm. So, here, he, she's right. Here is the question. Uh, uh, what do you do? I am the only one who gets into my character while others continuously flip the rule books, character sheets, and treat the game as if it were a job. The DM is a great friend of mine, but a terrible GM for an arc What do I do? So, he's having a problem with the GM is not creative, yeah. the game is not fun, and he feels obligated to go, which is, you know, what there's a theme in run. all these emails tonight. Offer to run, offer to run, or just say, "Dude, I'm not having fun.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not going to show up anymore. I'll, I'll show up and drink your beer, but I don't want to play these games anymore. That's not fun. Either come up with a new game, or let me run one, or whatever." Because well, he's, he's never run anything r- before, so but he's obviously thinking about that. Which I, right. I laud. That's yeah. also one of the reasons this podcast yeah. came around, but. I don't want to say that adult conversation, but there is a point where you go, I'm not having fun. And rather than making a big scene and stomping Mm -hmm. out and and table flipping and and leaving because that's the only way you can figure to get out of the game, just say, dude, I'm not having fun with this anymore. Yeah,
2: unless you really want to get this game on track, maybe you you talk to that friend about this game, you know, you really would like to run and you kind of edge it towards that and see if he bites and doesn't want to... And says, yeah, let's switch over. Or. Yeah.
1: Maybe he yeah, maybe this creative person is not creative because maybe he's burned out too. Right? Uh-huh.
0: Could be. If, if you listen to the earlier emails that came through here, there maybe there's a yep. lot of advice that oh, actually applies it. to this exact this episode. It really It is. is.
2: Yeah, it is. It's a little
0: sad. I learned it last week too. Between the
1: two of them, it's a lot of burnout.
0: I I get Uh-oh. it. I get it. It happens. Gurps. Can you imagine Curbs. being a porn star and just like Oh, God. D- i got to get up and have sex with 20-year-olds. Twice. Twice today. God damn it. Why is it always blondes? Why? <laughs> and they're always the <laughs> like 20, 20,
2: 19. Oh, oh, Can you imagine? Same old, same old.
0: Aaron. I'm sorry. Aaron with a gaming so success sexist.
2: story. Aaron with
1: two A's.
2: Yeah, Aaron. Uh, Aaron. Uh, not anals, but Aaron.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be a party.
2: do. Hey, uh, I sent this in a while ago, uh, and after you mentioned the two long emails, I realized that's why I hadn't heard it. Hopefully this is shorter and better. Dear Happy Jackers, it's Aaron from Oakland again, who I believe is in the chat room. I, reason,
1: I probably should have cut out that front part there. Huh?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe let that be a lesson to you all, is what that first part was. <laughs> uh, this is Aaron from Oakland again, and I'm here with a gaming success story. What? Oh, you're
0: dead to me. We've never had those.
2: I know. No, this will be good. Uh, But first, I forgot to mention how much I love beer, particularly IPAs and other hop happy ales. So I thought I'd send you some recommendations of beers that have rocked my world and wrecked some of my brain cells. Lately, Green Flash Brewing West Coast IPA, which is good. Yummy. Uh, Sierra Nevada Blindfold Black IPA, which smells good.
3: Uh, yeah, but
0: it's a, it. he's right if you carry on.
2: Yes, this one was a surprise. I got it in uh, an IPA Variety 12-pack that I only bought uh, because it was on <clears> sale <throat> and I needed beer for our Sunday D&D game.
0: Huzzah! I
2: know, but Blindfold Black definitely stands out from the usual Sierra Nevada ale.
0: I have tried this, and it's a black beer, right? You think, mm-hmm. oh my God, a stout, it's going to be multi-zone. Right. Not so. It's actually... It's an IPA I like.
1: <laughs> where, where is it? Will s-
0: change your your bodily fluids though. Know this.
1: Where is the sugar drop candy mountain where <laughs> Sierra Nevada is on clearance?
2: Oh yeah, I, <laughs> say, right? I have that blindfold right? here, and you might even have it in your your. Like, I don't think so. Refrigerator, um, but yeah, where is it on clearance? <laughs> And then Line 51 Brewing Red Death from right here in beautiful Oakland. This Imperial Double Red Ale. You like red ales? I like red. Uh, takes the cake. It's maybe my all-around favorite beer ever so far.
0: Oh, okay. they're named like Red Death. Yeah. It's got to be good. I think
2: I'm going <laughs> Okay. Like I mango promised- baby ducks. What? <laughs>
0: you got to catch up on your old, old, old Saturday Night Live.
2: Oh. I don't know that.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you okay. there. Okay. <laughs> or you can go look up Mango Baby Ducks. Mm, with a name like that, it's got to be Good Jam. <laughs>
2: Yuck. I promised a gaming success story, and I shall deliver. <clears throat> like many others, I've tried to get my wife interested in RPGs for some time with no success. I didn't really snicker. Just there. Uh, Tabletop games are too complicated and calculated for her to enjoy, and the same thing carries over with the crunch of RPGs. She, like the trooper she is, played a wizard in 4E for quite a while, but far too long for someone who is not enjoying or understanding the game. She tried again in one of our D&D Next playtests, but was an observer-style player and didn't return for the conclusion of that game. I had pretty much given up hope of sharing my favorite hobby with my favorite person.
0: Oh, I know
2: that's so sweet. And you know what?
0: And I give her huge marks for uh, right? for sticking with it for as long as she did. I think that's very cool. I, th- I th- it's very sweet.
2: Then one day, while researching an idea for a one-shot I was interested in running, I found My Little Pony role-playing is magic. It is a free to download PDF of a full game manual and printable GM screen. My wife and I are both big fans of the cartoon, so I texted her the link, and she actually said that she wanted to play it.
0: Now, I would also like to point out that if you like that, Laser Ponies is also free, and it can maybe be the next step up. Is it free? I thought it was. It's cheap. I don't think it's free. All right, I'll uh, I'll have to research that before I actually give it away as free. Uh... <laughs>
2: this this alone was not enough to set my okay, hopes soaring, though. There was a good chance that we would get together to finally play and she would be too uncomfortable to role play, get flummoxed by the crunch, or any of the other uh, many possible bad outcomes. The game is designed with younger and less experienced players in mind, but it still has all the ability scores, skills, edges, and racial abilities to confuse the uninitiated.
0: Very. That's a good turn of phrase. I like that. Mm-hmm. It, and you know what? We take for granted skills, ability scores, edits. We, sure. we understand what all that means. And we figure, oh, it's easy. It's just it's some skills. And it's a, but the initiators are like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're more math? We just want to play.
4: Yep.
1: Laser Ponies is 199 Thank you. What? $199. No, Dollar <laughs>
2: $1.99. Over the next few weeks... I talked uh, the game up to all my friends, hoping to form a small group. When all was said and done, only one other person actually agreed to play and stuck to their word. Our friend Ruth, who has some tabletop experience but no real RPG experience, is a fan of the Friendship is Magic show and actually committed to play. So we all sat down with hard apple ciders and fresh apple fritters. Huzzah! Um, I'm, I'm loving this I group. I uh, To design their two pony characters. There were a few speed bumps involving crunch explanation, but no pony got frustrated, and they <laughs> soon understood their new custom characters. We started the adventure, a pre-made that is included in the PDF, where the girls would venture to the rodeo championship and uncover the rich side plot that surrounded the, se- the event. I made a little MLP music playlist and put on my GMA game. The two noobs were instantly immersed in the sights, sounds, and interactions. They followed every plot hook and never lost interest. They hardly even broke character the entire time. Eventually, we had to call the game on account of early work days, but both players uh, were eager to schedule its conclusion. My wife, in the middle of the game, asked me, Are there more adventures you can run with this game? Right? That's <laughs> so cool.
0: the I said, More we could do? We can do more stuff
2: their bit. (laughs) Afterward, both ladies recalled their favorite moments and talked about how clearly they could visualize everything that was happening. They also agreed that they really wanted to see their characters grow through more episodes.
0: Oh, that's awesome! So
2: at last, I got my wife excited about role-playing. Pause to let someone say something sleazy. Uh, Uh, Boy, if
0: I can get my wife interested (laughs) in anything, I'd be great.
2: And from the GM's oh, oh, oh. viewpoint, I'm elated to pave the way for future adventures of, this is so awesome, Divinity Stardust and Phoenix Von Flutterbottom. Have a drink.
0: Those are the names. It's awesome. I know.
2: Uh, that's all for now, Jackers. But if you're ever in the East Bay area, <clears throat> let's make sure to grab a beer. Until then, happy drinking, happy gaming, and maybe the Force... May the Force be long and prosperous. May the Force <laughs> be long and, and, mixes and prosperous. mixes Mimi's <laughs> <laughs> starkism.
1: I saw a picture of John
3: Luke Picard. What was it? it was on yeah, un- Facebook. Oh, yeah, I
2: saw that It was from Stewart, and, and it had a hobbity thing in it. And a
3: Yeah, it was um, signed. Um, it was Use the Force, Harry signed Gandalf yeah.
2: yeah and it was Patrick Stewart <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: how to offend four sets of geeks right. in, with one picture
2: <coughs> or elate them all because you know geeks don't like nothing better than inside shit
3: yeah
0: yeah that, that's the problem that's we, we all awesome make story. so many inside jokes we forget yeah we have an outside voice uh hey that I actually awesome. love this whatever it takes hey. to get somebody in the f- if this is the gateway drug Go be it. We could all poke fun at, at, you know, My Little Pony. They're wonderfully crafted tales. They're a wonderful story, and if if somebody wants to play, a pony, I am not going to stand in their way. If people
3: are playing it and having fun, Absolutely. rock on. Yep. Did you just do am, that?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> there's a there's a drawing app. I drew a laser pony. So
3: drew pew a pew. Laser
2: pony. <laughs> pew pew. Oh, I didn't write pew. Damn it.
1: <laughs> no,
3: okay. It's hard with those big like fingers of like yours. Yeah, I know it. With a gaming hooks. nightmare. Show her the unicorn. Hello, everyone. Sorry, we played using Skype. Wait, wait, wait. Did, did, did yeah, I, I cut some stuff out. Okay, <laughs> we I was played using I Skype. And and, okay, you dr- <laughs> you write drunk, you edit sober. I keep mixing them up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I am pretty much do everything drunk so it all evens out at the end there. I'm, I'm hungover sober.
3: Ah! <laughs> <laughs> we played that, using Skype and at, and at that time the program of Fantasy Grounds. Have I mentioned thank you for Roll20 yet?
1: He, he did in the previous four paragraphs.
3: We played about seven <laughs> or eight sessions of 4E with only one or two even getting past level 8. We were tired, annoyed, and let down by the grind of combat. Then, Pathfinder came to quench the nostalgic thirst of our former D&D days. Oh. The first campaign was everything that we had hoped. Over-the-top, high-magic, overpowered PCs. Except it wasn't what we wanted. It became boring. Hmm. There was no thrill. No danger. It was almost as if we were evolving as a gaming group. Some of us, anyway. Sorry. After the high-powered game, the need and want for a more gritty game came up, and one member of the group volunteered to run a game like this. It started very well. Magic was held in place by a house-ruled modifier that made magic very dangerous to use. Each time magic was used, there was a chance that something bad based on a die roll, would happen like damage to the caster, or in the case of a healing spell, more damage to the injured party instead of healing them. Fighting had meaning. We tried finding other ways of dealing with situations, even talking to NPCs. Why would you want to do that?
1: Leveling went slowly. Stop talking to my experience points. (laughs)
3: Because you guys spent so much time
1: making them. Oh, by the way, t-shirts are available for sale. Oh, happyjacks.org slash stop talking shirt or angryfolk.com slash store how many do you have left? Many? my shirt? half okay I've I've uh, they've been going very I meant, well th- uh, I've gave away <gasps> a lot what's the
0: farthest place you've had to mail one yet?
1: Uh, it, well the, I'm the storing really, totally be running really email but I want to know what the store I'm using will only support shipping within the United States um, I have looked into shipping for a couple people who have not bit yet because shipping outside of the United States gets a little expensive
0: it's stupid. yeah to 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 the continent. <laughs> no, it's stupid. I mean, it's like an eight ounce t-shirt costs
1: fourteen dollars. Like, yeah, it's, it's about fourteen or fifteen dollars to ship pretty much to anywhere in in Europe and the UK. That's what it costs to ship a shirt, and, and they
0: weigh twelve ounces. Not kidding.
4: Wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry. Yeah. Jib yeah. was in the middle of an email industry very I've, well. It's fine.
1: But you th- mentioned you know, t-shirts and, and yeah. there's uh, leveling more.
3: went slowly, but <clears throat> it was still fun. Finally, one day we got our ship to take part in this naval campaign. We sailed from land to land, often bringing cargo to make money to keep the ship afloat. We were blockade runners. One day, we were given the task to transport some important, an important piece of, an important piece for a higher up, and the higher up felt safer by sending a garrison of dwarves with crossbows to help make sure the item was safe. We traveled towards our destination across the horizon. You see the sail of one of the ships holding the blockade.
1: I remember why I, uh, this is a travesty of a gaming nightmare. I'm
3: oh sorry. my god! Yeah. <laughs> um, are you going to try to run or fight? We asked what type of ship it was. It is a military ship. We were on a crappy smuggling ship, so we decided to run.
0: You know what? You're on a smuggling ship. Sp- they should be fast, don't you think? You know, the Millennium Falcon smuggler ship. Fast? It could do the castle Run in 12 parsecs. Uh, certainly, if you're a smuggler, you don't want to be on a
1: crappy... It had five parsecs left.
0: <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> It's a legitimate question. It's like I'm on a smuggler <laughs> ship. This thing is like tricked out, right? Personally. No, it's crappy. Why are we smuggling on a, on a, on crappy, a crappy ship? ship? <laughs> right. What 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 idiot does that? Alright. The fuel
1: tank holds twenty three parsecs.
3: <laughs> uh decided to run. We had to roll a sailing roll to see how well we could run. The die lands, it's a two. Well, I know that
0: feeling very well. Well,
3: shit. That can't be good. The military ship is gaining. Roll again. Ten. This might not be so bad. The military ship is gaining. Roll again. Nineteen. Surely this will let us gain some. <laughs> the military ship is gaining. Uh, wah, wah. <laughs> That's good. We're gaining. Wait, wait. How the hell did it gain on us? It's a military ship. It has a speed bonus over your ship and is run by a trained crew. So they gain a large bonus for that. Okay. After the eye twitching stops, we just say, Okay, we'll just let it catch up to us then because there's no way we can outroll it. Just keep rolling. We can't (laughs) skip that. Really? Five rolls later, imagine what happens. But the military ship catches up to us within shouting range. How many people are on the boat? You can see 30 armed men on top. That definitely matches the 14 we have. We debate some. The idea is given to try and surrender. You know that military ships of this blockade don't take prisoners and will either kill or enslave you. There is no hope to escape slavery. What? (laughs) The fight ensues from 100 yards away. Wait, there is no one in our party that has ranged weapons. <laughs> <laughs> ah, don't worry, you have ten dwarves with crossbows. They right, will fight. We I forgot about those. Then comes an hour and a half of the DM rolling attack and damage dice for the 30-man Wait. military ship.
0: Say that again?
3: And,
2: yeah. Then an comes hour. an hour and a half. While he plays with himself.
3: While he plays with himself of the DM rolling attack and damage dice for the 30 men on the military ship and the 10 dwarves on our ship. The PCs got the one sailing roll in each turn to see how long it took the military ship to reach us. In an hour and a half... Wait, it doesn't matter what they roll, it's always gaining. Right. (laughs) Right? (laughs) In an hour and a half, we went through three or four turns and decided to turn towards the ship (laughs) and let it catch us because this was getting old. Make me a slave.
0: I'm, it's got to be more interesting than this.
1: Make me a slave. What are my
0: at least? I can try to escape. My head off? Yeah. <laughs> see, <laughs> put me in the hold. At, this at least moment. I can try to escape and take over the ship. Maybe that will be more interesting than this long extended that's chase.
2: Uh, that's a well thrown wrench. Yeah. That's a good. That's uh, see, a well I, I totally
3: thought of a wrench I want to throw right here. Mm-hmm. It's like, which way is the wind blowing? Oh, good. I'm gonna ram him. Yep. <laughs> we're gonna ram him. We're gonna we're gonna turn to broadsides and we're gonna ram
0: him. It's a military ship. They yeah. have armored hulls. You yeah. will splinter into dust.
3: Fine. <laughs> that would be okay. Fine. I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me spend an hour and a
0: half rolling your, your approximate speeds. I'm gonna grab onto a cannonball and jump into the water and not let go. <laughs>
3: You have to let go when you fo- when you lose consciousness, and then you'll float to the top and start to breathe again. You will be a slave. You will be a slave.
2: I will be a slave. If I
0: recall correctly, fine. it's worse than that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but wait, there's more.
3: Oh yeah. As the ship pulls up next to us, the captain of the military ship comes out. He is a large man wearing half plate. On a ship, <laughs> we were all wearing nothing heavier than studded leather. You know because what? Let me just say.
1: There is a historical precedent for this. Cuz I took a Roman history class in college. Huh? And when the Romans realized how important ships were, they decided that they needed to like train seagoing vessels and they were at the time were had been fighting against the Carthaginians. This is before the Carthaginians invaded Rome. And <laughs> so they had these large vessels and they had a plank that was hinged to the deck of the ship that was literally a bridge that four men could walk across it abreast. And it had what was called a corvus on the on the end of it, and it was hinged. It was this long thing. And they, the ships, I guess, back then, was used to try to ram each other. That was how they fought. Right. They didn't have cannons or anything, obviously. So what the Romans decided, well, we, we'll bring our ships up alongside them because no one will stop you from doing that. And then we have this enormous bridge that we've built that has a giant corvus, which is uh, eagle's beak, I think is what it was. A corvus, I think, is raven. Or maybe it was raven's beak. But it was uh, th- basically uh, this bronze hook, spike. Giant hook. That was a spike. <coughs> and they would cut this rope, and this thing would go, sh- boom! And it would embed itself into the deck of the ship next to them. And then the Roman legions... In full armor, would cross do four, what they do so well abreast and kick the shit. And if they fell in the water, yes, they drowned. They sank right to the bottom. But being good Romans, they never broke. They did rank. it anyway. Yeah. So there, it, it, it is huh. actually does not. Mm. It, it is,
3: is not the, entirely the, the fact that he's in half plate on a ship. I'm like, okay, I'll buy yeah. that. I, I can actually captain. live with that. It's the one thing we've had so far that I could live with. Right. The, and the Romans actually did very well with this tactic.
0: Well, because. There, Romans. Were Romans. And there were a lot of
3: them. <laughs> um, we were all wearing nothing heavier than studded leather armor because swimming would be an important and probable thing to have to do in any given and situation. And bear in mind,
0: that there's only 14 of them. Right. right? Uh-huh. So they're right. trying to like do, like do sail the ship
3: as well. He pulls two swords and heads to walk onto our ship. Oh, God. Being the hardy dwarven barbarian, I jumped in front of my friends to try and take the hits. He swings twice at me, and I get hit twice. He rolls twice at someone else, and hits once. I roll a 10 or 11, and miss my first attack. The second one was worse. No one else hits him that round. Round 2! He misses because he rolled a 1, and automatically failed. Once we figured out his bonus, it turned out that he could hit on a 2. How does this guy... Ah. Unbelievable. (laughs) How does this guy have that high a hit bonus? Roll Perception. We do, and lo and behold, there is a bard hiding behind the door of the cabin. We try to get the dwarves to focus fire on the bard. They can't see or hit him from where he is behind the door. (laughs) You are lucky you heard him back there singing. Uh, Yeah,
0: aren't we lucky?
3: My turn rolls (laughs) around and I roll an 18. Finally, I can do some damage. You miss. Silence. How the fuck? All you needed was one more. Oh, so I, as a raging dwarven barbarian, can hit this guy on a 19 or 20 on my main attack. What level is this guy? He is four levels above you all. Four levels with an extra attack, with a pocket-buffing, safely hidden bard, dual-wielding magic swords, wearing half-plate on a fucking ship... That was so fast that it was literally impossible to get away from. The next round, my dwarf is slain. For those counting, that is correct. Three rounds to fully take down a raging barbarian of level 8 or 9. I told everyone at that point that I had to go and get some sleep for work the next day and hung up on the Skype call. I have to go and get some sleep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have never been as angry in a gaming situation. Fifteen minutes later, I got a text asking if I was still awake and if I was to come back and join the Skype call with the other players. My first response was that if he wanted to kill us, he could have just said that we were dead three hours ago and we could have spent the time creating characters for the next campaign. I forgot this
0: was on Skype. He actually spent an hour and a half rolling dice amongst himself on Skype. Well, you guys are like, what the fuck? I could be watching porn. I what the fuck? (laughs) At that point, you probably are. (laughs)
3: <laughs> the rest of the players talked and agreed to never play in a game this DM ran again. In fact, we haven't even gamed with him anymore. It has been at least two years since this. Since then, and this has remained an issue that has been brought up and still angers the rest of us that were involved. Whenever a ship is mentioned by any GM now, the rest of the party half-jokingly asks if this is the end of the campaign. It's
0: Pavlovian now. It's like... Ship, ship, yep. Slowly I turned
3: Step Step inch and then I knocked it never mind. <clears throat> it still stinks. TPKs are one thing, often being something that is memorable and or funny. But when a party is doing everything it can to not be in a situation and that situation is forced on them, which leads to a TPK, it is something that becomes almost unforgivable. Gaming is supposed to be a fun distraction from the rest of our normal lives, not an added annoyance. When someone becomes a GM, they are given the responsibility of not only to not only honor that aspect of the GM player bond, but to also do what he or she can within reason to ensure that at least those players that are actively participating in the story are having a good, distraction-filled time at the literal or virtual table. Thanks again for reading through my ramblings. I hope you all were able to get some entertainment from the story. Until next time, Robbie. You know what his la- his closing his closing extremely salient.
0: Very very interesting. It's interesting, Stu. I don't know if you did this on purpose, but you've collected a bunch of emails that have a a thread a, a mm-hmm. tissue that connects them all together.
1: That's what I got last week.
0: It's it's really interesting how everybody 's been dealing or grappling with uh burnout burnout, yeah, and bad playing experiences mm-hmm. it was
1: it, it 's the burnout episode we had a couple of burnout things last week, and I wonder if that may have spawned some of these emails
0: maybe I think it 's more common than we might think I um, think so i i I know you know it in yourself and you 're smart enough to recognize it and stop it uh, i I experience it as well, like this this upcoming con there's a stress involved with coming up with stuff, coming up with it, making sure that it's fun, and it, maybe it's self-imposed. We put it upon ourselves as GMs, but well, oftentimes sure. it becomes work. Like, mm-hmm. oh God, I have to go prep mm-hmm. for my game. Now, are we right or wrong? It, it, that doesn't really matter, but we impose these things on ourselves as GMs. Right. We, we don't want to suck. We want to make sure we have a good game. We want to make sure that the players are having fun. And we as GMs, Sometimes put us our own worst enemy. I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Yes, and I I think we need to also remember that that stuff ultimately is fun to do if you don't think of it as a chore. And I think that's 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 sometimes. Last night, I mean, you know, but but Heather worked late, so I had to get the kids in bed. And by the time all that stuff's done, it's like nine Mm o'clock. By the time I can start working on game prep. Now you get up also so at, at five a.m. or 5 something. 5.15, fifteen, yeah. five thirty so in the morning. Nine, nine. That's late, right? So I set my computer up in the back, light up a cigar, get my get, my, get a beer out, open it up, start start writing. Next thing I know, it's eleven forty-five.
3: Uh huh.
1: I've got a lot done. Right. And I had a blast doing it. You know, I was writing just—I was basically working on uh, NPCs for the for the Moment of Truth game. And it's just all of these like—I basically came up with these weird, quirky people that are going to live in this tiny little mountain town. Mm -hmm. And thinking about what their lives are like and how they make their living, and almost all of them live off the tourists, but they're all kind of weirdos.
0: Yeah. And it was fun making all of those characters. I remember Ray Bradbury came by our college when I was in school and he talked about writing. And a lot of us think that writing is, is gonna be this this epiphany, this flash of inspiration you write down this novel. And he said, and he, he was the first one that actually said to me, just shaking. He said knowingly, "No, it's a job. You have to sit down every day." And he he basically laid it out. He said, "I sit down every day for eight hours with a blank piece of paper in front of me, and I and I come and I struggle, and sometimes it's crap, and sometimes it not I set by the way." And the takeaway I got from that was you need to set aside time to create, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you need to just put stuff down on paper. And or draw pictures or whatever. Right. And sometimes you may not appreciate it at that moment, but it might come in useful mm-hmm. later. Right. But it's a muscle, and you also need to let yourself have time. If you wait for the muse to strike you, you're going to be waiting months, years. Right. And sometimes the muse may never even hit you. And if you're writing a novel, you're talking a shit ton of writing. And if you're waiting yeah. for the muse to strike you when you're writing or to create a game, it. Probably isn't going to happen in time for the con, well, let alone in time for the next session. Right. You right. need to sit down and, and do it. <clears throat> now, that being said, once you get down and do it, you, get, you, you it's fun. You right. find an NPC. You find you find a really cool section of the town you want to fill out. And you get caught up and the next thing you know, it's midnight. You're like, I've just had the best time <laughs> of my life creating really cool things. Right. You, it's, there's, a, there's a thing that happens when you're creating, whether you're painting, drawing, writing... Uh, you drop into this—I call it the zone—and and time. It, it's uh, the only thing I, I can say to people that don't do creative things. Is it's like when you're reading a book. You ever been cut, so caught up in a book that you you know it's time goes by and you didn't even notice. And you wake up and you're sore and you've read eight chapters and like you lost track of time. That's what happens when you're in a really creative moment. Mm-hmm. When you're when you're in the middle of writing a campaign and all the NPCs and everything's coming together, you don't know and you look up and holy crap, five hours just went by. I call that the zone. You know, it's right. it's a it's a thing that we all experience, and it's a wonderful feeling. But you you can't wait for that to hit you. You sometimes have to go seek it out. You oh, have yeah. to sit well, down and do it.
3: I think for me, the surest way to get the muse to strike, as it were, mm-hmm. is to sit down and write. Oh, absolutely! Is to just is absolutely. to dutifully. You have to go hunt her down. You have to go chase chase her down.
0: You have to go like make a a Burmese tiger trap and make sure she falls in it and then tackle her. (laughs) Chase her down. She's not going to wait for you.
3: I I also find that for me, when I'm prepping for a con game, there's kind of this pattern that has become fairly common for me. Um, I'll first have an idea for a game and I'll have this flurry of activity. Because I'll have all these, these thoughts and ideas and I'll be like scribbling down stuff in my in my journal and my whatnot and notes and you mean one note. Actually at this point usually it's in my handwritten journal. Mm-hmm. Um everything in one note now. And
1: then, <laughs> everything in one note. Well I poop in
3: one <laughs> <note>. <laughs> Actually, the reason the reason it usually goes into my journal at this point instead of into one note is because a lot of it is visual. It's a lot of it's pictures. But so that'll happen, and then I'll percolate on it for a while, and then there's inevitably this point where I look at what I've done and I look at this concept for this game and I go, What the? F- fuck was i thinking this is a terrible idea this is a horrible game yeah what that's was self-doubt. i yeah. thinking <laughs> that's How, you know this is <laughs> this is <sighs> crap
0: all creative people do this they're like and i then, suck I'm, i can't yeah DM. i've never been and able to do this yeah
3: but then i'll percolate on it a little while longer because having at that by the time that comes up i've committed to doing that game Or your
0: girlfriend wife friend comes over and goes no you're fine it's great it always works out yeah
3: and so then I'll I'll keep working on it. And this then is the creative experience. And this can go over over months of time because you know I usually have the ideas for my the next con either right after the the con or not long before it. And but no matter how much time and how much effort I've put into prepping for that con game, invariably the last two weeks are this. Almost insane, frantic scramble of putting things together, and at that point, I'm actually happy with what I've done.
0: Well, you're better than me. I w- I, I want to maybe close with this, since we're dealing with D- uh, GM burnout, do you are you ever riddled with self doubt? <coughs> have you ever gotten Constantly. to the point where you have prepped so much that you second guess yourself and you just think it sucks and that nothing's good anymore? Mm-hmm. Yes. No.
1: I was gonna say, <laughs> Stu's got no. the self confidence uh-huh. of. I, 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 no, I mean,
0: I, I, I don't have. You're not crippled with self doubt, but do you ever think to yourself, "Oh fuck, this is this isn't gonna be fun. They're not gonna like it." If this. I do, I, I, I usually know that during the prep.
1: Okay, and then it goes away, which is why when I when I write the <laughs> when I write the game descriptions for the games. Except for this last one, I generally try to make them as vague as possible.
4: <laughs> you might. So it's gears. like.
1: The party is in a world where there is a
3: problem, and they're going to deal with it. And there's a r- noun, a verb, and an adjective, and there's <laughs> a MacGuffin. It, and I
1: don't know if you can even go back and look at it. the old ones. Some of those things I
3: remember incredibly
1: vaguely uh, written because I don't yeah. know. I have an idea when I sit down and write it. Yeah, And I couldn't type something in. I'm like, that's too specific. And this may suck.
0: I'm <laughs> not <an equal> going <laughs> but, but, but you're not afraid of running out of ideas at the table. In fact, you have to get up and go to the bathroom and come up with more ideas. I run out of ideas all the time. and, and that's not Or me. I forget the ideas I <laughs> put in the thing. I, that all the
1: time. I cannot begin to tell you how many times I have run a game. And then all of a sudden, oh, wait, there's a bad the guy. I was can't remember game? his name. Where did... Fuck! I can't find the piece of paper it was all written on. All right, <laughs> I do that all the time. Do over, huh? Do over. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> in, in a con game, it doesn't matter because there's no continuity to worry about. But uh-huh. if you ever see me, like when we're in the studio playing and I'm scribbling furiously, it's because I'm you, I'm redoing something. I can't You have just find. given
0: everybody permission to completely. <laughs> like do away with their plot lines right now you're like fuck i i i had a great idea when i came in into the booth started recording a complete i don't even remember the name of my protagonist <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's out of my head. I ran one of the con, one of the con games i ran it was it was in savage worlds it was the um it, it was the sequel to big blue monkeys from outer space
0: yes which I, was
1: originally in hero and then i ran the sequel in savage worlds and they f- latched onto the plot and figured that whole shit out in forty-five minutes. That's the one where you said, "I need to take a break." went to, to the, the bathroom. I, I got, had to poop. Right, and I went to the bathroom with a pen because I knew there would be napkins
2: and apparently one note.
1: Cause <laughs> no, <laughs> this, this was free one, one, one note. Now I'm going to take my laptop <laughs> with <when laughs> <you laughs> me. Like, it's not what you think. I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but and and then. Maybe you had to I, write the next two and a half hours or something. Pulled it right out of my ass, L- literally. The thing the yes, right. But and, and I did. I actually was like sitting there with notepads, like writing out, just like writing, brainstorming words, trying to come up with something. I, as one wow. of the players, mentioned something about um. I uh, the mechanized arachnid I was going to say, things. was this
2: a spider thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: this is a spider thing. Ever. They
1: were yeah. never going to ever see those things. And I'm like, well, I've g- got to bring them in now. <laughs> so I like wrote down the stats for them and what kind of guns they had on I them.
0: I admire that more than anything on the planet because you're at a con game. You're under pressure to make a good game for a bunch of people. They've burned through everything you got. And you, wanna, and, and you know what? None of those players noticed. They noticed there was a break. I, I told them at the end of the game. Yeah, I'm like, but, but they, they were like, they, the they were like two hours. What? <laughs> and, and that's like the hat trick. Like da 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 da. Made it um, up. I don't know if they were surprised.
3: Well, here's the, here's the thing.
1: <laughs> Maybe they. The, the were, question
3: when you get to the end of that four hour con session is not, did they solve my plot line? Did they? eradicate my plot line in 37 minutes and I spent the rest of that time making stuff up. Yeah, right. the, the, there's really only one question that needs to be asked. Did everybody have fun? Right. And if everybody had fun, who cares where Nobody,
0: Nobody table flipped and left. Yeah. So.
3: No.
1: And um,
0: the guy who wanted to, to
1: climb on top of one of the arachnid things got to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> got to do it. <laughs> we,
3: we've been talking throughout the evening about, you know, and our topic was: What do you do when they blow up Katie MacGuffin?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, in at Orkcon, I ran a game which was Norse gods in a steampunk Victorian England. Right, and that was a that was a bet. That was a challenge. Uh, that was a, that, that was, was brought a up as because yeah. at Gateway when I yeah. ran the original Viking Superheroes game CA Dave said I want to see you see a steampunk Vikings game and I went Kay. okay <laughs> can do but anyway, but anyway but um, anyway the bad guy throughout the entire setup of the game the bad guy was King Arthur that was the way I wrote the game the bad guy was King Arthur Arthur woke up underneath Stonehenge looked around, saw what was going on in England was not happy, wanted his kingdom back that was the premise, that was the premise for the game we get into the game we come up and we literally are coming up to the final fight Arthur and his forces come charging out of from underneath Stonehenge and um, the ropers and um, another one of the players in the game went, that's King Arthur, actually, was Bruce. What? That's fucking King Arthur. I'm not killing King Arthur. Ah! I'm not. And so I was like, and like on the spot, I went, okay, think fast, think fast, think fast. Okay, cool. They talked Arthur down. They decided that, mm-hmm. and I went, you know what? Arthur's not really the bad guy. I mean, Arthur's not the bad guy in this entire equation. The bad guy is Merlin. <laughs> oh, there you go. And Merlin there the whole go. time. And, you know, um. And I'm quite sure that they were well aware of the fact that I was rewriting the game on the fly, but you know what we had a good time
1: yep. the they didn't uh, they, they probably didn't know the history between uh england and uh the, and the Vikings at that time, or else they would have <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably looked at that a little differently <laughs> it, what was the movie um Tony Curtis and uh, the guy with the dimple. What's his name? Uh, uh, Kirk, Kirk, Douglas. Douglas. Kirk Douglas. Vikings. 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 So Vikings. You ever seen that? Yeah. Yes.
0: I'm Spartacus. No, that's Ernest Borgnine is the Viking. Oh, I'm king. sorry. It's the same. Same. Yeah.
3: Ernest Borgnine is the Viking king. He's yeah. The, yeah.
1: He's the Viking king.
3: That's right. Oh.
1: Tell me about my mother again. Oh, I still have scars from her. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's the Vikings. It's the 1960s, and it's an amazing. There's movie. just there's a handful of good Viking movies, but there's not a great one. No, it is a great one. <laughs> the Vikings with Ernest Borgnine is a great movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should own it on DVD. No, absolutely, absolutely. No. And Tony no. Curtis plays the slave boy. Go Go figure.
3: Typecasting. (laughs) (laughs) Go figure.
1: He's played a slave boy more than once. (laughs) How's that for a chopper? (laughs) I love that. I mean, overusing it, huh? Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. Not for me. <laughs> it was like 10 times. No, I, but I love Charleston Charleston it for
1: Charles Yeah. 90% of our oh, listeners oh, 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 going on in the background a, in the loop, a loop, li- and it wouldn't get tiring. Just
2: a little bit of pollen every once in a while. I'd be... I don't even have Paul I
1: can get some pollen. Oh, disgusting. Yeah. Sammy.
2: Right. Hmm.
3: You dress in the manner of a male prostitute. What, what that is one. that?
1: That's from Mystery Men. They're trying to work up uh, Mr. Furious.
3: Yeah, the Raging Fury. Yeah. I love that movie by the way
1: it's so fucking funny I know
3: Mister. it just cracks me up Kaneem Garofalo is the mm-hmm. baby bowler I'm in a feat British superhero mama. it's got it's got Tom Waits in it uh, playing yes. like
0: you know the master mechanic
1: I only make non-lethal weapons <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tom Waits is awesome it's a blame thrower. <laughs> <It's a blame-thrower. laughs> <So the> <laughs> He's so good at delivering that line. It's oh. a blame thrower. He, he pointed at somebody.
1: Thirteenth Warrior is also a a, <laughs> uh, a
0: good Viking. film. Thirteenth Warrior is a good uh, film. I like not it.
1: Not as good as the Vikings with now, I was going to
0: say there's a handful of Viking films. I wasn't going to go off and name them, but yes, Thirteenth Warrior is probably the best Viking film. Wow. There's a couple Outlanders out. Yeah, I don't know. And I've seen, I saw Grendel. Was it? Is it Grendel? Beowulf
3: and Grendel Beowulf with and Gr- right.
0: um the uh, Girard, uh a, a Gerald Gerard, Gerard Butler.
3: Butler Butler. Thank you. Which is actually a, a pretty good. It's a
0: pretty good Viking. It's one a too. good is representation. And that, then there's that, the is Vikings. That Danish? No, it was filmed in Iceland and it's not Danish because he's English. But anyway, no. I, <laughs> the story. <laughs> Yes, the well, it's Scandinavian. It's Icelandic. it's Icelandic. It's part of the Icelandic is, de- is
3: Denmark part of Scandinavia? Yes. yes. But Iceland, is, it really? Iceland yes. is owned by
0: Norway. But it's not an Iceland. No, 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 no it's, it's the n- Greenland. No,
3: no, 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 no.
1: Okay. Denmark, Denmark, Denmark is that little thing in between
3: yeah, is Sweden so and
1: Scandinavia.
3: No, Denmark Sweden is a Scandinavian Den- country. It is, yes. 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 Okay. Denmark I went to school is there. Country. Sweden...
0: Denmark and Norway are Scandinavia, the, so they say. It. The Finns are something else, and the Germans are something else. So that's the Scandinavia. Finns aren't
1: considered Scandinavia. <laughs> no, 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 they're not. Nor uh, well, we see said that, Norway, This is exactly we? what I thought yeah. because it's like sitting over here. It's yeah. not here. It's an right island because mm. this is here. Yeah, and I would think Finland is part of this. Finland well,
3: is next to the, Russia. this is
1: like these are like the two fallopian tubes. Yeah. But the Finns, the, the Finns do not consider yeah. them Finland, Scandinavian. Finland. <laughs>
3: Finland has a pretty uh, strong influence from okay. the, the Russian steppes. Oh, okay. All right. Um, but um, Iceland and Greenland are islands between... Yeah, I know. I They're know. way out. But yeah.
0: Well, one's, but, one's Norwegian things. and one's Danish.
3: Well, that's who owns them now. I, I thought Iceland and,
0: was independent.
3: And Iceland is green and Greenland is covered with ice. So isn't I, I believe that Iceland was originally...
0: F- Colonized by the Norwegians, and I believe Greenland was originally colonized by the Danes. Now that's all changed, but originally that's how that stood. Well, Iceland's its own country, isn't it? I- it is now. Yes, but back when they that's were sailing longboats, from, and that's the only place they could land in. That's it, what? Yeah, isn't that where Bjork's from? Uh, yes. No, Greenland. No, Iceland. I don't know anymore. No one's from
2: Greenland.
0: <laughs> that I know. But they go to Greenland. They Nobody <laughs> goes to Greenland. No one. No one emerges kind of, from right. Greenland. It's Iceland. Yeah, you're right. It's. I don't the, think I come from the land of the ice and snow. With those hot springs and the. <clears throat> it's yeah. The immigrant song talks about Greenland. Stork. So, they say you need a risk board. A risk <laughs> board. <laughs> what, what? What's that? So I you think know they, where mean, your a, they countries mean a map. Are. Yeah. A map.
2: <laughs> but in Geekdom it's apparently geekdom, a, it would be a risk, risk board. board.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
3: That's funny. That's
1: it. 165 minutes. This is a short one lately. Really? Yeah, we've been, been, cu- I feel mega we've, been long. we've been kissing 3 hours. It's felt like everything. we've been
3: babbling. No, we're, we're only 15 minutes shy. <laughs> they've
2: been Yeah, Lithuania.
0: How would you get the Lithuania from Denmark?
2: Uh, across it's not that far. You cross
0: the continent and you take a train. And it's over here. Lithuania is mm-hmm.
1: one of the the yeah. northern s- old Soviet states, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah it's, by it's, it's and yeah. it's in the
1: north there, isn't
2: it? Estonia. Yep. Yep. Yeah, right Straight yeah, Straight up, it's right up there. Mm-hmm.
0: You to go around Sweden, and you that's get part to of Lithuania. The,
1: that's the Finlandia's.
2: And it's funny because I actually had a
0: conversation today with a Swedish woman about and they're like no the Finns are not Scandinavian and they're
2: not and and I know and and I know also racial issue
0: speaking of geekdom J.R.R. Tolkien who was a linguist based Elvish off of Finland Finnish because it's one of the most ancient of the European languages that has no root. The Scandinavian languages have a root in Germanic stuff yep. and they're all kind of related. But so Finnish is its own yep. language? Uh, yes. Well,
2: the, no, it uh, or it's, shares It's some Russo,
0: whatever. Uh, yeah.
2: With Hungarian. Which is one of the it. most ancient. That's, that's it. Like it's it. like Finnish yeah. and the
0: Hungarians are like yep. the most ancient of the European languages. And that's and what he
2: based Elvish off of. Yes. Yep. Really. Yep. And
1: therefore they're not yep. Scandinavian. Finish. Aren't they and all based on Indo-European, whatever that is? Uh,
2: apparently uh, except not, for the Hungarians finish, and the Finns. yes.
0: Everyone really? else is yes. except for those two. No yeah. shit. No my shit. Peo- my
2: people are Some of my people's were Finnish.
0: All right. And the chat room is not disputing it right now. They're <laughs> all going to the Googles. <laughs> yeah. uh, they stopped listening a while ago. Uh, hey, I
3: know. Uh, from the chat room, hey, Lokio, what have you been saying for the last few weeks
1: there's, like, a five-minute lag. It's going to be a long time before oh, he is that. Is that.
2: The stew is awesome. Yeah, no, they, we were, There was. that's what I've been saying the last few weeks, Jim. I don't
3: know. Right, I don't saw know. that, I just don't know what he's referring to.
2: I don't know, but it's, yeah, it's been doing that all night. It's lagging. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, it's, it's a long time out, long time
4: out. I,
1: I, I think it's, it's the spooling as it goes out onto the G+. I, I think, love that I word he's spooling. talking about that
2: poem you said, like. Forty
1: minutes ago. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's that, that I slow. Know, I'm
2: slow.
3: <laughs> okay. All right, well I'm gonna call I'm it teasing. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that.
1: We're listeners of Happy Jackson. Thank you for joining us for season twelve, episode fifteen of Happy Jacks RBG Podcast. My name is Stu. This
2: is Gina.
1: This is Stork and this is Jib. And we'll see you next weekend at Gateway. 2014 at the Hilton Hotel. And don't forget to buy a shirt. Go to angryfolk.com slash store.
3: And I still have room in my Saturday morning game. And we'll leave you with a
4: song.
1: <laughs> Evil plots will be usurping,
4: though we could do with less
1: burping. Happy Jacks podcast will be two steps on. You dress in the manner of a male prostitute. Fine a John do not
0: quarrel, man, let's be merry and drink about You're a rogue, you've cheated me, I prove before this company I can't a farthing, sir, for all you
3: are so stout. Sir, you lie! I scorn your ward or any man that wears a sword. For all your huff, who cares a turd, and who cares for you? Sir, you lie! I scorn your ward or, chit, you and do, or and any that that and from man, man that wears a For all the a turd, and who cares
0: for you? That Sir, you lie! I scorn your ward that wears For all who cares a and who cares for you? Sir, you lie! I scorn your ward that wears a sword. For all huff, who
4: cares and who cares for you?